Good evening, everyone. I'm your host, Jason Miles, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Red Zone. TIR presents. I just want to get, there's a lot we have to cover tonight. I'm just going to get into it. I'll say it quickly. If you're watching the show, if you've watched it before, if you're a person that leaves a comment and you haven't subscribed, it's fucked up. It doesn't cost you anything. We don't bombard you with bullshit. Hit the subscribe button. Click the like button. So this shows up in the algorithm a little bit more. Share this with your people. If you have the means, you want to see the show grow, leave a super chat. Become a patron. For $3 a month, you get access to the champagne room. You get to be part of the live studio audience for the Mau Mau Hour. You get to join us for movie night. Those little things go a very long way. Speaking of going a long way, please welcome my co-host in the sports journey, Mac. What up, everybody? How are you, dude? I'm good, but I'm going to preface this. I hope everybody will get my reference. But there was this amazing film that came out some years ago, written, produced, um, and directed by... One of my favorite chubby bearded men, Kevin Smith. <laughs> and the name of it was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And while Jason may not harangue you to subscribe, <laughs> there's a certain scene in the film where Jay and Silent Bob track down all the people that talk shit about them on a muse on a, on a on a message board, including like a twelve year old boy, and they beat the shit out of them. So if you're going to comment and not subscribe, you're not quite as anonymous as you might think you are. I will be your house. And you know what that means. Right? <laughs> and I'm going to leave it there because we're on YouTube and we don't need strikes. Okay? Anymore. Yeah. We don't need okay? any more strikes. There's enough strikes this channel. Yeah. And if you're having a rough week, like I was telling Jason before we went on air. You weren't, I got fired at 11.06 p.m. on my day off that. So, uh, and if you don't know, that's an allusion to one Josh McDaniels. Should we just jump right into the Raiders? And the, oh, yeah. And let, look, the, the LVLA Oakland Raiders, a team I've never rooted for as a Bronco fan since I was nine. Oh. Um, and the Raiders were the first Super Bowl I watched on television was the Raiders beating the dog crap out of the Redskins, um, and they were in LA at that time. So they were already gone when I was like cognizant of who they were. Um, and the Coliseum for years for me was a place where the ice capades were, so I didn't <laughs> even know the Warriors played there. <laughs> All Oakland people my age are that way. Anyone that says they were a diehard Warriors fan is a liar. Or they had some sort of dad that wore little bitty shorts and taught them how to shoot when the YMCA jump shots. That's right. You got to you gotta remember, granny shot your free throws, man. Okay? That, that's how you know a real <laughs> Golden State Warrior. <laughs> Rick Perry, the free throws. <laughs> but the, the Las Vegas Raiders, that franchise has just been in turmoil after turmoil and it was like once al davis goes 
then the team will be fine. Al Davis passes on his very odd son that everybody talked crap about for years, takes over the team. And the first thing he does is hire what uh, John Gruden, <laughs> Mike Mayock. Yeah, and remember, Mayock was a talking head for NFL Network. I believe he was a scout for a little bit, but he's not a guy I, I typically go to for like draft shit. Um, and yeah, like let's let's be honest, right? Gruden had been out; he hadn't coached in ten years, give mm-hmm. or take. Mm-hmm. Tried to run the same offense he won the Super Bowl with in like 02. Yeah. Hey man, shit changed. That West Coast offense don't work anymore. <laughs> right? And he decides he's going to say some racist shit in an email to his former good buddy, Bruce Allen, who happened to work for the Washington Football Club at the <clears> time. <throat> and he gets shit canned. And they went on a pretty nice run under the interim coach. And then Mark Davis and all his bowl haircutted glory was like you know what i'm uh i'm gonna hire josh mcdaniels you know the same josh mcdaniels that pissed off jay cutler the pro bowl quarterback of the broncos at the time uh and then traded him uh also sent out two first round picks uh and got a pick back for one jay cutler and used it on tim tebow uh, the two picks that he used ended up being uh, perennial pro bowlers uh, for the teams that picked him up. And he was chased out of town halfway through his second year. And then let's fast forward to 2023, 10 years later, 11 years later, the same thing happens. <laughs> and the players didn't like, apparently in Denver, the players didn't like him, but they did say, when he was recording the games, there's a, there's a, there's a, I don't remember what podcast it is. It's one of the football players podcast, but DJ Williams, former linebacker, Denver Broncos, also very, um, was talking about the fact that when they were recording those games, he goes, they were so prepared that they were calling out the other team's plays and they were like yeah. six and oh. And he said, once yeah. they got busted, they were, it was, it was, he fired. Also, they fired the D coordinator who was uh, the Niners ex coach, Mike Nolan. Yeah, I mean, dude, he had, you know, the thing is, it's okay to just be an outstanding coordinator. You can make a shit ton of money and be very well compensated and have a great long career doing that. Um, I think between him walking away from the Colts, remember, he initially took that job, hired coaches, and then was like, "Eh, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, And then, like, just looking awful. in, in Vegas, I don't think he gets another shot. I don't think he should have another shot. But then again, this is the NFL. This is the league where you can't go outside the box, man. You just got to keep hiring all these retreads. <laughs> um, unless you find that 21-year-old offensive quality control coach who worked for Sean McVay at some point, and then you can just <laughs> – you know. Just so when they held the clipboard. Yeah. I mean, I know. mean, I think everybody, do you agree that everyone's going to want a Mike McDaniels because of what he did, not just with the Dolphins, but with Tua as well? Because Tua comes out of Alabama on a downtime because he hurt himself that, that last year he was there. I'm going to say Mike McDaniels' best coaching job was the year he spent in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. That was the best one. When he was the QB coach, Kyle Shanahan was the OC. Can you believe they had those two on Cleveland sideline? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? It's not that you guys did a bad job. 
you did a real good job, but we're just not going to bring you back. I'm still mad Broncos didn't pick up Kyle Shanahan. How do you not pick up Kyle Shanahan? Because it's the Broncos, and let's face it, I think Elway's kind of a cock. Who's, wow. You know, he's like, okay, Elway the player. Are I you love. talking about our Lord and Savior, John Elway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but John Elway, the VP of operations and general manager, total dickbag. Okay, like he was just like, you know what? We have to win. And I don't want to win with a Shanahan on the sideline. Grr. The only two Super Bowls I won out of the 58 I went to, <laughs> Shanahan was there. Shanahan was OC when he put up huge numbers, too. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's just, dude, it's just, I mean, th this is the McDaniels. Let's face it. Bill O'Brien's offense is not working well in New England right now. And it, a lot of that has to do with personnel. It's just not a good team in New England. And it yeah. hurts me to say that, but it, it, I'm having flashbacks to 92. That's all I'm saying. Like it's That's fair. Mac Jones, the regression, if you will, <sighs> or the fact that he yeah. is a certain type of quarterback that when he has time is really good. Or a little better yeah, than average, see, that, I would say. That, that, yeah, I mean, he's a little better than average. I, I don't understand the the pick when he was drafted. Like, I didn't think he was a guy in college. He he had multiple first round picks to throw to at wideout. Yep. And then look at the look at the backfield. Come Again, on, man. AJ McCarron. Jason, we could have put up at least thirty two hundred yards passing. Watch right, his college footage. I never saw him have to even step up in the pocket. No. And it's ridiculous. You know? And yes, I'm with I'm with you, K3. Mac Jones is Brian Hoyer 2.0. Yes, I, I will firmly agree with that. After having them watch both start games for the Patriots. <laughs> I saw some angry Patriots fans and some comments. I don't want to take too much time talking football because uh, the conversation that you wanted to have I want to put a pin in football because I do want to get to the boxing conversation. I think this is something that we both like talking about on the show. Yes. I just found out because I don't drink, for those of you that know, so I don't put a bar in the Don't worry but, about that, Jason. I'm doing enough for <laughs> both of us right now. <laughs> I, I have some good news for you, Matt. There's bars here in beautiful downtown, downtown Rosarito that show all the fights, Ugh. that show all the games. There's a 49er bar. I just found a 49er bar. Well, I mean, it's a bar it. and barber shop. Okay, one, I respect the shit out of that. I love that. That is great. I mean, dude, it's better than the bar and tattoo shop I saw that just opened up in Fayetteville. And I'm like, that is a horrible, horrible idea. Um. But yeah, uh, before we get into the fighting, the Niners just stole Chase Young from the fucking wow. from the Commanders uh, for a third rounder, wow. and I'm like, dude, Young lined up across from Bosa again because remember they both yep. went to Ohio State yep. together. I don't know how the Niners keep getting away with this shit. Like if I'm ever, if I'm the other 31 teams in the NFL, and I see on my you know, on my smartphone, it's fucking John Lynch. I'm like, man, fuck you, dude. I'm just hitting the silence button. I'm just setting a face down. Fame piece of shit. Yeah, like, dude, you've already fleeced, like, half the league. 
I'm not, uh uh-uh, you know. But yeah, I mean, I am not going to lie. I pirated (laughs) the Nganu Fury fight. I'm sure they were showing it a little hard for me to build. Yeah, they were charging admission. Uh, And guess what I don't pay? You know, I don't tell you why? I'll pay you why. When you have an establishment, you pay an ungodly amount to have cable. Oh, absolutely, dude. And the thing is, it's based on TVs. Yeah. Like, it not it like a price per television that you have in the and place? And the monthly fee. I mean, back when I when I was in the warehouse, it's a business, but I lived there. So <laughs> they went to install the satellite. They're like, uh, this is a business, right? I was like, nah, not this side. <laughs> These aren't the droids you're looking for. Gonna give me that house rate. <laughs> Because he was like, this is a business. This is $1,000 a month. I was like, yeah. what? Dude, it's, it's stupid expensive. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's like the the two places, one of them's Hooters, and I will never step foot in a Hooters again. <laughs> uh, you feel like Michael Scott? Uh, it, it had more to do with the fact that they hadn't cleaned their beer taps oh. out, like the lines, in like months. And when I got my first beer poured, there was like mold in it oh. from the lines. And I was like, no, thank you. Um, I'll go ahead and just have vodka soda, please. And they're like, why? And I'm like, you don't see this? I was like, when's the last time you guys cleaned the lines? And she's like, clean the lines? I was like, <laughs> like yeah, just give me, just give, I'm not, I'm yeah. leaving. Thank you, man. Have a good day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised with Mr. Nganu's um, performance against Arguably the most dominant heavyweight we've had since Lennox Lewis. But you um, say that it seems like with some apprehension, like you don't think he's as good. Do you think the competition I, is bad around him and he's just beating all the mediocre I was more a Klitschko guy. I love the Klitschko brothers. I thought they represented themselves quite well. Uh, I love the fact that they told their mom we're never fighting each other, but that kind of like threw a wrench in the whole, you know, undisputed champ who had all four belts. Uh, and honestly, Klitschko before injuries, uh, we're talking uh, uh, Vladimir here, not Vitali. You know, Vladimir got caught by Corey Sanders in the second round. I got knocked out and everybody's like, well, his career's down. He's got a glass chin. Uh, well, who's he hook up with? The heavyweight whisperer, um, you know, uh, uh, Emmanuel San- uh, Stewart, who just knows um, who just knows how to actually coach a heavyweight fighter. So we saw Vladimir have this kind of career resurgence where he carried all three belts for like 12 years. Um, oh, Andrew, you don't like that? Well, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, I, sorry, I'm not sorry. All right. But, um, you know, with Fury, what I do respect about him, for a guy his size, he moves so well. He's got great head movement. His, his feet are stupendous. What kills Fury, right? What kills Fury is the fact that his gas tank isn't deep, and he looked every bit of the 265 pounds of chewed bubble gum uh, that he walked out with, which is what I loved about what Nganu did. He just kind of looked at him and like poked him in the stomach during the face-off right before the fight. Um, and Deshaun, I would, I'll, I'll argue that all day. I box professionally. Uh, and I will tell you now, uh, it's not fake. 
Um, I had plenty of concussions. I broke my orbital. You know, I won more than I lost, but I still got the shit kicked out of me. So um, I love boxing. But Nganu, I thought, really carried himself while going to the fight. You could tell he was prepared. And the biggest issue for MMA fighters making this transition to these kind of like uh, mixed MMA, you know, boxing matches is the weight of the gloves. And I don't think it affected Nganu at all. Um, and I know, you know, it was a split decision. You know, some people say Francis won. Other people say Fury won. You know, honestly, it could have went either way. Um, doctor, absolutely. Oh, Andrew, yes, Andrew, it was. Yeah, the beer's fucking gross. It was so gross, dude. <laughs> um, doctor, I mean, Fury, yeah, absolutely. Fury uses his weight. Um, you know, he uses his weight because he's typically the biggest man in the ring. And see, this is where I kind of uh, question Alexander Usyk, who is the guy who fought, who was the unified cruiserweight champ that has the other three heavyweight belts outside the WBC. Um, you know, he's six foot and he's a very small heavyweight. I think he, his last uh, heavyweight fight was at 224. Um, you know, Fury walks in 265 and he's six seven. You know, when you have a guy on the other side of you that you're bigger than or maybe the same size, tie him up and lean on him and just wear them out. Like that's what a lot of bigger fighters do. Um, I can't remember uh, the, the dude's name, but the guy who beat Canelo at light heavy, um, he did that a lot uh, to kind of tire Canelo out. Cause Canelo went in there at like 174 and a half and is five, eight, you know, he's the same height as me. And the guy he fought was six, five and 175. And you could tell he walked around probably closer to 200. Um, oh yeah. I mean, Deshaun, you're right. You're absolutely right. Fury couldn't be a weight bully, but what he can do is, is tie up and lean the way boxers do. And it's different than the way MMA, MMA fighters do it because, you know, when you get in the clinch in MMA, what do you immediately are able to do? Throw knees, you know, foot stomps, you're going to go to try and take this person to the ground In boxing. It's just lean, you know, but again, Deshaun, I will give you this, like Nganu is fucking stupid strong. Like it didn't look like Fury's kind of like clinch and lean was working much. What really killed Nganu going towards the end of that fight, okay, was he wasn't letting his hands go enough. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't, like you've already put Fury down once, like just let him go, man. Uh, I mean, Nganu looked like he was the stronger fighter um, in that fight. I just think he was fighting very cautious towards the end, and that's what the judges saw. And I'm not saying the judges were right. Boxing judges are notoriously what I like to call shit. They're just bad, okay? Um, but, you know, I, I just that, I think that's what held him back. Um, well, I mean, Deshaun, let's face it, Nganu is an MA fighter, right? Like he knows how to kind of mix in wrestling, jujitsu, his stand-up game, and he did it to, to great effect in, in UFC. Um, I don't think that should have been a worry for his because he looked like he could go another three or four rounds at the end of the fight, whereas Fury looked gassed as fuck by the end. Um, and, and why and did you say, like, I'm sorry, I have to step away. Why do you think Fury won? 
just shitty referees? Well, I mean, shitty, shitty judges. And Ngannou wasn't throwing the way he was in the first half of the fight. You know, um, that could have been because, I mean, we saw what happened against when he fought Wilder the, the last time. Wilder, okay, and, and let's, let's be honest. Wilder is not what you would call a technical fighter at all. He's not a boxer. He's a brawler. Um, and the thing is, Wilder depends on that wild right hand that he can connect with. Because for years, it worked. He connected quite a few times with Fury. Like, I think he's put Fury down four times in the three fights. Um, you know, and it didn't, Fury got up every time, right? And I think that kind of fucked with Wilder because he's used to like hitting somebody with a right and they just, blew, you know, we'll that's it, it's game over. Yeah. And the thing is with Wilder, like people don't realize when you watch a boxing match, Jason, you look at the guy from like the, the girdle up and you're like, holy fuck, Wilder is ripped as shit. Look at his legs. Dude is like on two toothpicks. Okay. Like, and you can't, you can, when you're boxing, like you want, you want to develop muscle everywhere because that way you drive from the heels and you get your whole body into it. Right. Wilder just throws from the shoulder. And that's why when you get him deep into fights, like he's, he's losing a little bit off the top and he kind of, you know, starts fighting very tentative and that's Fury knew he can get him there, you know? So, um, I, I just, the fight could have won either way, Jason, honestly, I, I either, even in defeat and Ganu won, right? Like he really did because a guy coming into his first fight against arguably the best heavyweight on the planet that's right now, a hell of a first fight. Yeah. Like this wasn't this wasn't it was for no belts though, right? No, no. You that fuck no, dude. The WBC, which is the most corrupt of the sanctioning organizations, will never see the green belt put on somebody who doesn't box for a living. Right? They would have never ever let that shit fly. <laughs> like I mean that's that's just it. Okay, but you know what's kidding, or what's what's kind of what I thought was kind of odd, actually. You know, Francis Ngannou signs this like bajillion dollar contract with PFL, uh, the you know the Professional Fighters League, which probably will be the second largest uh, uh, MMA organization after they buy Bellator. Um, but um, Ngannou already came out; his 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 management team already came out and said, yeah, his next fight is not going to be MMA; he's going to box again. So like there's more there's more money in boxing, right? And it's you you're probably gonna last a little longer. There's more money in these these hybrid fights, right? Because people want to see it. Like everybody wants to see it, you know? Now, if like say you and I were were ranked middleweights and we're gonna fight for the number one contender for the WBO middleweight championship, and we're gonna be on pay-per-view, right? You know what you and I are not making? Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou money, like nowhere fucking close. Okay. Like it, it doesn't even come close. You know, we we're going to walk away with something real nice, but I mean, I think uh, Fury said he was going to walk away from that fight with like 32, 33 million. And Ngannou is going to walk away with like 20, 21, 22. And what's the like most that. money Ngannou made in UFC? Uh, he was one of the million dollar guys. Um, but like 
when I say million dollar guys, it was like a million or so in fight, uh, you yeah. know, fight income for that year. And yeah, that's what I'm only, saying. He, he's yeah. never going to make a purse like that. That's why he's, I've seen a couple interviews post-fight and he's just grinning. Because I'm sure he's like, I'm not as sore. <laughs> My legs don't hurt. Oh, oh yeah. You, I mean, can you imagine not getting kicked in the legs? Essentially from the waist down, you're fine. Um, you know, you're probably going to take a little more damage uh, because, you know, like we talked with, um, uh, when we did the boxing episode, yeah. yeah, you know, like MMA fighters aren't throwing with a hundred percent every shot that they, that they toss with their fists, right. With their legs. Absolutely. I never want to get kicked in the thigh again. It happened twice. And I was like, <laughs> fuck you, dude. I quit. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Who does this shit and like it? You know, yeah. like I, I don't get it. All for, um, yeah, for 25 minutes. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm good. I'm good. I'll just I'll I'll just stand and get punched in the face, you know, for 36 minutes. Like it's not a big deal, um, you know. But like, Ngannou, man. Well, Deshaun, yeah, you're right. Gathjay does throw mi missiles, but that's not every fighter. Gathjay, you know, be, these guys that sit there and trade. I'm gonna tell you right now, Deshaun. Like for for guys who actually stand up, and that's the preferred method of engaging in and in, in MMA. That's easily 20% of the fighter pool. The other 80 will fight, uh, mix in some Muay Thai, and lean heavily on wrestling and jiu-jitsu. It's just, it's how the sport is now. I don't make the rules, you know, but that's just how it is. So you have like 20% guys that just want to stand there and bang. And I fucking love it. And on the same, on, on the flip side of that, I am just like, holy fuck, these guys are going to kill each other. <laughs> you know, like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's absolutely batshit crazy. Right? So... You know, it, it's it, again. I think even even in a loss, Ngannou won. You know, because he he shouldn't have been had that kind of success against Tyson Fury. He should not have knocked Tyson Fury down, right? Cleanly. Yeah, every boxing purist on the planet when that happened went, oh fuck, every one of them, because they're like now. You know, the MMA fans are going to come out of the woodwork talking about how, you know, they're better fighters overall. Da, da, da. And then, like, not realizing, again, these are two very separate games, man. Two very separate sports. Two very can different we, sports. Can we admit, though, that Iganu is a freakish athlete? Hmm. Not every football player can play baseball. <laughs> I would even argue, Jason, most football <laughs> players cannot play baseball. There were two that did it at the professional level. Okay, pretty well. And we won't. Was, like, what, would you count uh, like Red Grange? That's like another one. Didn't he play? I mean, baseball? Red Grange. I mean, that guy. He was the freakish athlete of the '30s, man. But you I'm know? saying that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, we haven't seen an athlete that can play, that can do multiple sports. Yeah, I, way, I was. There's too much specialization right now. First of all, yes. Going first back to the, the video. Jason sent me a video today. How'd you like that video? That, like video? I really enjoyed it because I agree with you. They should not, there should be no sports specialization at nine years old. I'm sorry. They just. <laughs> Let kids be kids and do whatever the hell they want to do. And, you know, stop living vicariously through your children. Thank you. And you're Thank talking you. to two dads on the screen that would love if our children you know, can live vicariously.
God, yes, please. I wish I like my son's in karate and I'm really pumped because he's got a new teacher who's just like really good. Right. And he's actually teaching them like self-defense stuff. Like this is what happens if somebody gets in your face. This is how you do it. Right. But like my son's not the strongest guy. And like he was hitting pads tonight, dude, which is I was there before I got over here. And like you barely heard a pop. And I was like, oh, (laughs) there's a there's a a guy that used to play college football at USC named Max Brown, who was like the top quarterback coming out. I forget what year. Maybe it was like 2009, 2010. He committed to SC because he wanted to stay in the Pac-10 or 12 at the time. Uh, he got hurt, and I think behind him was Sam Darnold. Darnold got your fake. Your fake. Darnold's gonna got Darnold. Darnold. You guys don't want to let Darnold shine. <laughs> get this clown up out of there from the Midwest. This old baby face fuck up. Get Darnold in there, throw darts, and it's gonna be over. Niners, <laughs> Niners win the Super Bowl hands down. But uh, he he transfers to Pitt. And then he gets hurt again. And so it's, you know, it's one of those things like injury just didn't make it. And he ended up getting a YouTube channel. And on his YouTube channel, he's like, I'm going to answer questions why everyone calls me the worst bust of all time. And he's pretty honest about it. He even be like, hey, I got a job in sales, guys. <laughs> like he, he's a regular dude. Are you talking about Mitch Mustaine? Not Mitch Mustaine. I'm talking about Mac. Okay. That video I sent you, that guy's name is Max Brown. Yeah. Okay, well, I would even argue Mitch Mustaine was the biggest bust. USC, where USC in Arkansas, yeah. like that guy, like he was supposed to be the coolest thing since sliced bread. And I watched the documentary that came out a few years ago about him when he was like, he's a car salesman he's, now. Which right, these guys get into sales. Max Brown got a job because of, I think it's because of his YouTube videos where he just breaks down film. And tell yeah. some of his stories from being very, very highly recruited coming out of high school and then playing high-level college football. And one of the things he said was that his dunking on a dude proved to the OU coach who was Josh Heupel at the time. Not Josh Heupel. Was it Josh Heupel? I believe so, yes. Uh, that he was an athletic quarterback. They were like, we don't know about this guy. He's a pocket guy. We don't think he's athletic. He was he was a big time basketball player as well, and they saw him take an outlet pass and just throw down. He goes, "Once I dunk, I got that commit from OU." Goes, Bro, can yeah, can we can can we talk about this too? Like, you know who else was told he wasn't very athletic? Who? The man I referred to as Mr. Patriot, Drew Bledsoe. Really? Okay. Yes, six eight, two fifty. They're like he's the most unathletic guy. Uh, he was literally throwing 70 yard passes from his knee in high school. Oh, he's a beast. He played bad. He played basketball as well. That's why, why do you think he went to Wazoo? It had nothing to do with him wanting to stay at home. It had everything to do with nobody thought he was athletic enough to play quarterback. He actually had people come to recruit him to literally just force feed him at a trough and move him to guard. (laughs) And I'm like, one, I, I'll never understand that. Because for me, like, I get it. Like, I'm a spoiled Pats fan, whatever, go fuck yourself, right? 
But Drew Bledsoe will always be my favorite Patriot because everybody likes to talk about Tom Brady sacrifice. No, he didn't sacrifice shit for that team. Bledsoe sacrificed everything for that fucking team. When he was drafted in 93, there was no sitting. He was fed right into that fucking meat grinder. And the only offensive lineman worth a shit was Bruce Armstrong. And that was his left tackle. He knew I'm never going to get hit from that side. Now the other four <laughs> linemen are probably going to let everybody in. Right? And then he had Ben Coates to throw to. That was fucking it. Remember at this point, Irving Fryer's in Philly. Mm. Leonard Russell is in fucking San Diego. Any player worth a shit. From 90 to 92. There's no Curtis Martin on that team, huh? Fuck no. Wasn't drafted until 96. Okay? So Bledsoe sat there and just got the shit beat out of him. And he became the whipping boy for Bill Parcells when he took that job. And he took all the tongue lashings for the entire offense. Right? And he didn't say shit. Right? He gets hit so hard by Pepper Johnson... It sheared a blood vessel in his lungs to where he almost died, allowing Tom Brady to come in. And what's the rule in the NFL? When you're a starter, you don't lose your job because of injury. And what happened, though? Belichick never put him back in. And guess what? Bledsoe didn't say shit. No, he didn't. He and then he took that time. job in Dallas and had uh, a pretty nice swan song to his career statistically. Well, well, that's that's the thing. He went to Buffalo. Oh, I forgot first. about the Buffalo stand. And then when Bill Parcells, because you know, you can't talk about the Dallas Cowboys in the late nineties, early aughts without talking about their revolving door at QB. Bill Parcells calls his whipping boy up. <laughs> The guy he bitched about the most outside of Terry Glenn, <laughs> right? And says, hey, man, how about you sign a free agent that, you know, deal down here in Dallas? And fucking Bledsoe does it. And you know what he does? Yeah, man, it's great to be working for uh, Coach Barcells again. You know, uh, learned a lot from him when I was a rookie. Uh, you know, and it's just like, oh, fucking Drew Bledsoe's amazing. You know, like, I, I fucking love that guy. I still bust out. Your Bledsoe 11? My my 11 jersey, right? And everybody's like, is that Edelman? I'm like, Edelman borrowed that number. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's Bledsoe all day long, man. And and they, say, they try to say he's not athletic. And I'm like, dude, you're fucking high. Like, you, you're stupid. Like, everybody likes to, well, if you're not running like a 4-4-40, and, you, like, you can't dance around in the pocket. Well, it you some people Look, have that game. Some my, my, hot, my hot take about the athletic quarterback. And no one's gonna like. I can't wait for the hate to rain down on me for this. Is Lamar Jackson plays Tim Tebow too? He's a receiver killer. Uh, dude, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I l- I like Lamar Jackson. I like his I, game. I, he seems like a uh, great dude. Probably an awesome cat to play for. I wonder what would happen if he was on a team like the Chiefs. Would he be able to put up Patrick Mahomes type numbers? Could Andy Reid do something with Lamar Jackson? I mean, dude, I'm not gonna bitch about John Harbaugh. <laughs> Jim O'Neill, <laughs> I totally will. We have to get we I only have you right. for a limited time only tonight, so we, yeah. we have to get to all that. Yeah. But in on the, the, um, the in the boxing note, I do want to say because we've just pivot with the athleticism. 
Francis, how do you say his last name again? Ngannou. Ngannou is a freakish athlete that we haven't seen since Bo Jackson. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, dude, he's 37 years old. Where the fuck has he been for 20 years? You know, like, I didn't know about Francis until he got to UFC. And that makes me feel like a really shitty, like, person in the sports, freelance sports writer. Because, like, he just shows up to UFC and starts, like, caving people's skulls in. You yeah, know? But, like, but again, we have to admit, fuck? he is a, like, and he's a physical freak. Wow. He's a physical freak. Don't ever think that everyone from the UFC can just jump into a boxing ring and dominate like, like him. Not everybody's a physical freak like that. And that's not taking yeah, I mean, away look, from any UFC fighter. Ben Askren. Ben Askren. No, I'm going to take away from Ben Askren. Right? He gets into a ring with a Paul brother and gets knocked the fuck out in like the third round. Bitch. Oh, I know why you took the fight. Because you walked away with like $10 million. Yeah. Right? I get it. Like, I would let one of the Paul brothers punch me in the face for $10 million. I would gladly do that because I didn't have to, like, you know, I wouldn't have to work two shit jobs and I'm working now. You know, know, like, (laughs) you wouldn't give a damn. (laughs) No, no. Be like, hey, Jake. Jake, you you, want to treat my genitals like a speed bag? Here you go, man. I got $10 million waiting on me. I'll, I'll just rebuild it. I'll just rebuild it, you know, like. <laughs> I mean, I. Like, I. We have, we have to be, we have to be honest about some of these Paul brother fights because they refuse to fight boxers. They're terrified to fight boxers. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's, that's the thing, right? Like. I detest Floyd Mayweather Jr. as a person. He's an awful human being. I love watching Floyd fight. Like, I'm guilty of it, right? Like, I try and 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 live the way my politics and my, my moral compass drive me, right? And I, I think for the most part, I stay true north. You know, sometimes it wiggles. But, but this is the one where I go off the rails, you know, where I'm like, Floyd Mayweather, he's a piece of shit. Wait, you're you got his pay per view? I'll kick in ten bucks for it. I'll yeah. be there. You know, like I I hate to say that, but it's true. You know, but like he kicked off this thing, you know, where he does like these exhibition matches against like, you know, MMA fighters, Muay Thai fighters. And the thing is, like his last one in Saudi Arabia, Jason only had like six thousand people show up to it. He still walked away with like forty mil. I mean, how much were tickets? Dude, it wasn't even that. Nobody gave a shit anymore. Really? Like the Saudi, yeah, the private investment fund for Saudi Arabia, you know, the one that's doing all the, the literally the sports washing. Um, they hosted it, put it up. And Floyd knew if one person comes, I'm still walking away. 40 million. Who gives a shit? You know, like, but like, I, I wish these YouTubers, and that's what KSI, that's what the Paul brothers are. They're fucking YouTubers. I mean, Logan Paul, I'd say he's more of a professional wrestler at this point. I think that's where his career is taking him. And I think that's what Triple H wants him to do. And you know probably better than I do that only like 2%, 3% of the WWE roster makes fucking mad money. And I think he's lining up Paul Logan to take a position like that. Which 
I don't know if that's smart considering, you know, you know, wrestling locker rooms are a whole other world that I've only gotten to experience once. And that's at like two indie shows uh, that I was covering. Um, but like the rules there, man, you know, and, and wrestling locker rooms or something else. And can you imagine being a Paul brother who's only like done like three matches and he walks in making more money than like AJ Styles? I don't know. You like, know, the Miz is so big in wrestling that no one remembers that he got his wrestling start because he wanted to be a pro wrestler. He's on MTV. I know where he got his start. Real world. Real world. Seattle, bitch. Seattle. It's a long time ago and it's a different world. Can people forget about Jake or Logan Paul if he has that level of state, if he really wants to do it? Granted, The Miz really wanted to be a pro wrestler. Yeah, and he market. I mean, like I have – maybe it wasn't Seattle. Was it Seattle or Vegas? When I thought it was, was Vegas. Seattle. I don't I fucking know. Right. Yeah, I, I can't remember, dude. It was I mean, real. I, I, real. I, yeah, but I looked back today. I was listening to a Rage Against the Machine album, and I saw it came out in 92, and I was like, God damn time. it. I turn 42 on the 10th of this month, man. I was like, where, what? No, it's too long ago for this to have come out. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he mar- I think he, he used that as a great marketing tool, uh, and he showed he had the chops to actually do it. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, I, you know, YouTubers need to realize boxing isn't something you just do. You know, Boom Boom Mancini killed a man in the ring, and it, it derailed the rest of his career. But isn't the internet filled you know? with people? We did a thing last night in the Champagne Room. There was a woman named Lily Singh. I'm not going to get too much into it. And she went from one of those few people that went from the internet to television contract. And she lost it in a year. Oh. And she did yeah, a whole TED talk on how she lost it was because she claims it was because of the She just wasn't very good. Um, there's a huge difference when these guys try to go from their silly YouTube videos and silly YouTube video guy fighting somebody to trying to be like, this is what I do for a living. There's a different hunger when it's what you do for a living, I think. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I think it goes back to, uh, who's that cat that, um, uh, he did like all the the fight videos on YouTube, and then he got signed by I think like Bellator, and like he ended up dying a couple well more than a couple years ago. But his son fights now. Ooh, a big, big, big black dude, giant beard, always wore. Oh, chain. oh, Kimbo like, Slice. Kimbo yes, Slice. Kimbo. Um, you know, like I I don't want to speak ill of the dead man, but like Kimbo kind of ushered this shit yeah. in, whether we want to yeah. admit it or not. He did. He was fighting in backyards on YouTube, uh, did a lot of shit talking, you know, fought a lot of people that should not. Yeah, Lefty, he died of like uh, congenital yeah, heart he failure. Some time ago. Yeah, it, it's been Four a couple years. years. His son's done a few. I fights. didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, like he ushered this shit in. Like he got famous on YouTube. Backyard brawling. Backyard and, brawling is a, yeah. is a thing. It's. I'm not going to lie. I watch every Backyard Brawl Street Beast video that comes on my feed because I want to see an accountant get the fuck knocked out by like... Yeah, J- Jason also subscribes uh, was a uh, <laughs> All-Star Worldwide. <laughs> World Star. Anybody get knocked out on the internet, I'm there. 
because it reminds me of Jason's my days there. as an instigator in the city of Richmond, California. <laughs> just running around trying to start fights. Like, not me in it, but like other people. Oh, you going to let him play that to you? Damn. Wouldn't let him talk about my mama like that. You see Jason in the back. Oh, you hear what he said? <laughs> <laughs> then I make it up. <laughs> hit me. <laughs> oh, you don't let him hit you like that? Like, hella. But uh, these these dudes, yeah, I think they do some sort of disservice, even though they bring a lot of eyeballs to the sport. But it's like, what eyeballs are you bringing? Like, I can do anything on the show and bring eyeballs to the show, but how many people are going to stay watching it? How many people are going to support the show? You know, even subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like, we had Jake Paul on right now and just call him an asshole for now. A bunch of people would tune in. Oh, dude. How many people? Jason, can we do that, please? Can we please do that? I was telling telling Pascal, and I told the Patreon people that, I'll, I'll save it for you off there. I'll save it for you off there. I won't say that on the show. But there was, there's a very <laughs> large person that we have that didn't sound right. There's a very popular person on the right that we now have access to. And uh, I was like, we should bring him on the show. And then we were kind of having this back and forth about it. I brought it up in the champagne room and, and Ben Burgess kind of, I was already leaning the no, leaning very hard no. And he really helped me lean extremely hard into like nah, that yeah i mean dude i mean and let's face it we've seen lefty platforms that decided they're going to bring on a right winger um and i'm, I'm go ahead and say you know jackson hinkle Oof. you know su- suppose lefty who's shown his true colors you know but everybody wants him on and i'm like dude you are going to torpedo what little fucking you know like actual leftists follow you have because you know what I don't ever want to see? <laughs> That's a pretty big name, right? Mm-hmm, but it's so gross. Right? It's almost as gross as the mold. <laughs> oh, we're going to stay focused on sports, though, before I have, like, an anger. Like, you can watch it. Just throb there, and I just fall over dead. And Jason's like, "Well, there goes everything." You know, we had someone die on air. <laughs> I mean, we kind of—I kind of freaked out when I saw that name on the list that this agent has. Yeah, yeah, I would freak out too because that guy's batshit fucking crazy. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like, like this—this this is my thing. Like, boxing is not something you undertake lightly. Right, like I said, Boom Boom Mancini killed a man in the ring. Um, in the last five years, we've had multiple fighters end up, you know, with horrible brain injuries. You know, we've we've had people like literally die on the scale, yeah, dehydrating themselves just to make weight. You know, this is not something you undertake lightly. And these fuckers, and that's what they are. Like, was I a great boxer? Fuck no. Was I a good boxer? Probably not. Was I average? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Right. But I love the sport. You know, it's something I'm going to follow and be in love with until the day I fall over dead. Right. But I see dickheads like this, especially for all the hours I put in, all the training, all the fight camps, dealing with the military and trying to line up a fight. Like I said, my last fucking fight was on TV. 
I walked away with six grand after paying out, you know, for, for the fight yeah. camp, my trainer, my cut man, all that shit. Jake Paul shows up and gets $20 million. Easy. Right. And I'm just like, this is fucking ridiculous, man. Like, it's really, really disrespectful to the people that have chosen to do this, that have an actual talent and knack for this. Uh, and maybe because they have, like, you know, they box out of Fargo, South Dakota, or North Dakota, whatever Dakota Fargo's in. Okay, thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. Okay. Everybody have a fact checker. It's been too much so any. Any watcher or listener from Fargo, I apologize for mixing you up in the wrong Dakota. Anyone from Bison. Fargo, go Bison. Probably seen, this is not the biggest city, and I performed there at that very big, like maybe at least 10 times. Okay, Deshaun, I'm going to tell you right here. Okay, as someone who has dealt with sanctioning bodies, big name fighters are coddled, but it's not by the sport. They're coddled by their promoters. Wilder is case in point in this. His first 20 people that he fought were literally just stiffs. His first 20 fights, he never fought anybody ranked in the top 30 of any sanctioning body. They were just put in there to get knocked out so he can get to 20 and 0 and start getting talked about to be put in the top 10 ranking so he can fight for belts. Okay? Like, it's promoters that do that. Why do you think Golden Boy doesn't work with PBC? Right? They don't want their fighters, you know, fighting each other because the promoters hate each other. <laughs> it's just how it is. And it sucks for people that actually enjoy the sport, that love the sport like I do. Okay? But when we went to the four belt era, which happened in 91, and the WBO is officially tabbed as the fourth sanctioning body. This is when it got real bad. And one of the leading drivers of this, Cleveland's own Don King. Okay? Don King was so crooked, he would go to the sanctioning bodies and be like, listen. And you got to understand, Tyson wasn't uh, uh, King's only client. That wasn't the only guy he managed. But that was the biggest one. Right? And... He would go to the sanctioning bodies when Mike was the unified champ, right? And he would say, listen, you're going to give me a kickback outside of the actual card money, right? And what I'm going to do is I might fight this guy who's being promoted by this dude that I don't really like. And you have to keep in mind, during the 70s and 80s, like Don King was like literally lining up hits on other promoters, Jesus. Like, n not to kill them, but to beat the shit out of them so they would pull out of fights that he wanted Tyson to get into. You know? So, like, it's it's absolute ass. And Anderson, I'm going to tell you right now, UFC's model is shit. The way that that rank, that tiered pay structure is awful. Um, Especially considering they just formed that merge company TKO with, you know, WWE. And their revenue streams are out of this world right fucking now. Um, that tiered structure needs to go. Absolutely needs to go. Keep the fight bonuses in there. But it's time for fighters to start being able to negotiate what they make fight by fight. Period. You know, um, I, I hate how UFC does it. Uh, the way Bellator did it 
has kind of torpedoed its entire existence to where Viacom, like the third largest media company in the country, is like, you're too expensive for me. Uh, I'm sorry, Anderson. I apologize. <laughs> um, my bad. My bad. I will freely admit when I was wrong. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we have to get to the point where UFC fighters or and, and MMA fighters in general, whether it's one, uh, one FC in Asia, you know, Bellator, PFL, uh, UFC here in the States, fighters need to be able to negotiate, you know, fight by fight. Like maybe you sign a contract saying, yeah, I'll stay here for four fights, but we negotiate what I make every fight based on my opponent, you know, that type of thing. So they can actually make some money, um, before like they're the end of their fucking careers. You know, um, like we, there, there's a lot of work to be done, uh, in the fight community, whether it's, whether it's MMA or boxing. And the unfortunate thing is, is we keep looking to Congress to pass rules and that's not the body. Ask baseball how that worked out for them. Well, I dude, I don't know if you saw, but there's two lawsuits right now that are getting ready to go to the Supreme court challenging baseball's antitrust exemption. Ooh. And it's it's minor league teams that got eliminated uh, when the new uh, agreement was signed between minor league baseball and major league baseball. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The okay. Trent the Trenton Thunder, New Jersey's finest, is the one like kind of leading this train. So um, it'll be interesting to see what actually happens with that. I'm not holding my breath, um, but with the idiots we have on the Supreme Court right now, who fucking knows? I do want to ask you about college football. Hmm. Hold on. Yeah, okay. Okay. Hold on. Uh-huh. OH, bitches. Number one in the playoff again. <laughs> um, Deion Sanders is still the talk of college football with a team that is not full of stars, but it has. J- Jason, we said this week too. Mm-hmm. We said this week too. This team, if they make it to a bowl, he won. He right? won. He won this, the first home game of the year when they sold out. He won when they sold out the next home game. He won because he's generating more money for that university right now, and he brings in ridiculous amounts of NIL okay. money for his. Okay. Let, let's let's say this right now. He's he's leading to athletic department revenues of the University of Colorado that I haven't seen ever. Ever. Right. Like. Ever. ever and they won Nash, they won chip in Colorado. Colorado won chips. Uh, they won chip. Oh, okay. They won chip. And and keep in mind that was a split championship. Yes. It was them in uh what GT. They didn't win a split championship in the eighties when they had the uh the quarterback that was dating the coach's daughter. Wasn't it eighty nine where they split the championship? It was them in Georgia Tech where they had like the fifth down. You're talking about that team. I'm talking about before that, before all those Bologna players got there. <laughs> God damn it, Jason. <laughs> like 83, 84. Yeah. But I, I want to say 89, they they, they um, split the uh, national title with Georgia yeah. Tech because uh, Bobby Ross was the head coach at GT. Mm-hmm. Um, before you get into college, uh, doctor, um, you can't say UFC is a monopoly right now. Uh, you can't even say it's a monopoly. Dr. Smurfo asked, what do you think about the antitrust lawsuit against the UFC, yeah. arguing that it's a monopoly? What's going to kill it is the fact that Bellator and PFL still openly 
work, you know, they're, they're operating and holding cards in the United States. Um, they might be able to, and keep in mind, I'm just a amateur attorney in my off hours, um, <laughs> is, is argue that UFC's pay structure holds fighter pay down. They might be able to argue that in court, but I don't think that you can argue that it's a monopoly slash monopsony. I don't think you can argue that with you when you have two other, um, and I know this might shock everybody since PFL does so much work in the Middle East uh, and, and a large part of their ownership groups in the Middle East, they're actually, their technical headquarters is in Delaware, like every other fucking company on the planet. Yeah. Uh, because like, if you ever start a company or an LLC, just get a fucking PO box in Delaware and that's where you're fucking headquartered at. So, um, but uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, I mean, you know, like we talked about before, I think Dion's great for college football, but caveat, the offensive line is awful. Trash. I feel bad for Shador Sanders. Uh, oh. Just, just running. And I believe, him. I believe Shador Sanders is a generational player. You know what? I, I, I think he could be. Imagine him on the Patriots right now. Uh, Jason, I had my feelings hurt once in 2019. When, when, um, not Kim, I love Kim. I have a Cam Newton Patriots jersey. When we could have drafted Justin Fields and we went with Mac Jones instead. I still think Matt, uh, Justin Fields is a much better quarterback. Mm. Um, I'm surprised he didn't get traded. I'm very shocked that Chicago didn't trade him. Dude, Ch- Chicago's got two. Like, dude, Ryan Pace, they, we're not getting into this right now. We're not doing it right now. We're talking college football right now. But, um, Dion's great. He knew he knows the limitations of that team, and he even he's a, he's said it, you know. But when you run off the string of wins that he did at the very beginning, you raise expectations not just within Boulder, but with all the the internet fans. I mean, do you look at? Oh my God, I hate that I'm saying this. Travis Kelsey's jersey is the number one selling jersey on the NFL store right now, Jason. The number one. Do you know where he was at before that game four weeks ago where Taylor Swift shows up with his mom? Nowhere near anywhere. 21. Really? He was that high? Uh, he's, he's the – I would say he's the best tight end in the NFL. Sure, but I don't know. Of all the football fans I know – Okay. I don't All right, know Jason. Too many people rocking tight end jerseys. Jason, but let's talk about Travis Kelsey real quick. Mm-hmm. Has there been an almost opaque white dude in the NFL in the last ten years that's really just embraced like black culture and just being him? Not a the, fucking one, dude. The black girlfriend is not a fan. Yeah. Oh no, she's so upset with it right now. She's not a fan. <laughs> she's sitting there going, <laughs> "She is not a fan." Hey, let her be angry. He went from. I mean, I'm gonna say she's a she's a Camaro, and he's got like a Maserati right now. I mean, if that's what you want, that's she was a thick like Camaro. you and the skinny white girls with flat asses. Yeah, <laughs> long, long, yeah. not flat, long. <laughs> 
Part-time yoga teacher, long butt. Well, well, somebody did ask if I call if I talked to Mandy for you. I actually saw her three days ago. And you didn't hook me up for that. And Mandy was like, Mexico? Baby, I don't do spicy foods. And wow. I was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, I know how to not put peppers and stuff. Okay. Bro, I just want you to know I fired back with this. Like, so you only vacation in Greece? <laughs> she didn't want a fucking zip line, dude. She didn't want to have Hawaii on a budget. Right, no. No. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna talk to her again though. So there's a part-time yoga teacher out there somewhere that's not a vegan but makes a mean vegan lasagna. Just for you, Jason. I know you know what? I'm gonna make it my life's work to find her. <laughs> Search in the fucking desert like dude and kung fu. Right. <laughs> You're gonna be like, hey guys, I wanted to do behind the red zone with Mac, but he's been gone for three months. <laughs> and class. I just I just answer one of your emails like it's time, Jason. <laughs> I and then wonder. and then I show up and there's somebody in a second chair and it's it's your part-time yoga teacher who's not a he's not a vegan, you know? Like, and she's like, Don't worry, Jason, I have my passport and the ticket's already bought. Like, you flying in tomorrow. You coming, are you coming with your live, laugh, love <laughs> fucking wall plaque? And she's like, <laughs> and one tear rolls down my cheek and I'm like, I have emotional. Um, but yeah, I mean, and this is the thing, like, and we were like, everybody, uh, Jason, and I've been texting back for like the last two weeks mm -hmm. talking about how the last year of the PAC 12, as we know it mm. is going out with a fucking bang, mm. right? Just top to bottom. This league has shown week in, week out, any team can push any team to the brink. The quarterback play has been insane. Dude, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, Arizona, you know, uh, who they play this weekend? Fuck. Uh, Arizona played. Oh, don't tell me. Was it, was it Oregon State? No. We're so bad at this. I, I totally didn't look over the Pac-12 schedule, but I watched these games, right? Because, like, I'm at work until fucking 3 a.m. I'm absolutely watching Pac- Okay, UCLA. Thank you, James. Arizona. Okay, so I was watching that. I was watching that game. Arizona's pushing UCLA to the brink, right? Arizona State got a big win a few weeks. Like, dude, this league, if they would have played this way for the last five years, would still be a thing going into next year. It, you, you know what breaks my heart about the league now? It feels like a lot of the local guys that were leaving just four years ago are staying. Finally. Because the top quarterbacks in the Pac-12 are not California guys, except for DJ. Uh, well, first up, well, yeah, DJ, and remember, DJ started out at Clemson, yeah. you know. Um, Stroud is an LA Michael, guy, Bryce Young. Okay, so, sorry, Jason, James said that they play UCLA this week. They pushed Oregon State okay, last so week. Okay, so it was Oregon State they played. Okay. Yeah. Um, who did UCLA play? Because that was a good game. It was, dude. And he, I think this is the, the heartbreaking part. Like, I'm not a guy that leans in on tradition. Like, I think tradition's very a very lazy mm -hmm. thing. It gives people a reason to not change mm -hmm. things when they obviously need Slavery to Slavery is tradition. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
and I live in North Carolina, so I still hear segregation talk now. About it. <laughs> segregation <laughs> tomorrow. Segregation forever. Tradition. Fuck, fucking George Wallace. What a piece of shit. <laughs> right. But like, I I detest tradition, and I think it only got worse after like my fourth year in the army when I got to the 82nd and the pass and review hit. And I'm just like, the whole entire division's out there. They have like keynote speakers and they talk to you for hours and you're just sitting, standing there, baking in the sun. Then you have to walk past them, salute, and then they make you run back to your barracks. So you're fucking beyond dehydrated. You have a rifle slung over your shoulder with a bayonet. So it fucking just rolls and sticks people occasionally. You know, like, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But, like, I, I, I detest tradition. But the Pac-12 has been, has been one of the predominant conferences in college football. And it's a shame that the way these teams are playing this year, all of them, from top to bottom, are playing some of the best college football in the country, knowing goddamn well next year it, it essentially ceases to exist. You know, and and that's horrible because uh, now we're going to get, you know, the Oregon, Wisconsin, Big Ten game. Ugh. Ugh. You ready for this one? You ready for this one, Jason? UNC Cal ACC. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. You know, and it's just like. I don't believe like the, the regionalism of college football died in 84 with the Supreme Court case, uh, Board of Regents, Oklahoma, the NCAA, where it gave conferences and schools the ability to negotiate their own TV contracts, right? That's when regionalism kind of died, you know, because they're negotiating with ABC, NBC, CBS, the three big networks at the time that are national. They're not local, they're national. They have local affiliates, but they're national, you know, networks. So like that kind of regionalism went out, went out the window. So like in Ohio, I could see Georgia, play florida you know in california you could see well at the time who was good nebraska play you know colorado which was decent at the time you know like so you you got to see people you know teams from every part of the country play college football um but like to say you know the uh we're ruining the regionalism of it well that died i mean it, it died in 1984 man i hate to like be the bearer of bad news but that's that's what happened you know um but, the, I mean, having the Pac-12 go out this way over a failed TV deal um, and a dickhead like Larry Scott, who, Jason, you can go ahead and give him the old motherfucker for me. Um, <laughs> but that Ooh, guy, he Ooh. ran it into the ground, right? Ran it into the ground. And the current commissioner, when we had the tea leaves rolling when Texas and Oklahoma made the decision to jump to the SEC, decided he was not going to expand. He wasn't going to be proactive. And when that happened, what happened in the Big 12? They're like, fuck it, we'll do it. What's up, Colorado? How you doing? Come on. And then the big four, you know, the four corner schools who did not want to leave the Pac-12 were like, Hey, new commissioner, what do you got for us? He goes, well, I got a streaming deal with Apple TV. And everybody was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like four people in the United States have that right now. 
Yeah, dude. That's the streaming shit is a so for those that have the NFL as a as a you know working class podcaster, my my good friend was over here and wanted to watch a game. He said, just get the NFL thing for a week. And I got it for a week and I cut it off because it was super expensive. Oh yeah, it's stupid. You had to pay for YouTube TV and the NFL package on top Mm -hmm. of that. And this I would love if the show generated that kind of money. And I cut it off. And then I get money taken out of my account that I needed. And I called up. It took a while to find the number. Called up customer service. And they're like, oh, once you sign up for this, they take all the money out. I was like, Mm -hmm. sir, I don't have YouTube TV. And he goes, sir, it's part of your contract. It, it just is what it is. And and see, can we, can we, you and I both as older dudes, mm-hmm. you better put your beautiful face back up here real quick. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Okay. Didn't we learn in 2008 what teaser rates do? Oh. They, they always end badly. I didn't know that the NFL was like, oh, no, you're stuck in this YouTube shit. Oh, Whether you yeah, like my friend. It or not. And Again. that's with, and, and here's the here's the kicker. That's with the VPN. So what YouTube does is, that you don't have with satellite, is YouTube says, if you want to watch the local game, we need your location. Mm-hmm. To watch the NFL package, I if I give my location, they immediately go, sorry, you can't watch any of this because you need another provider. So just to see, I check the provider and I sign up because my neighbor was telling me about it. He's like, I didn't get the NFL thing because it costs like a thousand some dollars a month. And I was like, that sounds weird, right? So I checked the, that's here in Mexico. I checked the Mexico thing. It was open with the NFL package. It's like, it's like 400 pesos, which is like 25 bucks. I was like, okay, that sounds fair. Then it said in American dollars, and it was very, it was very specific, a thousand eight hundred and some dollars is the next installment payment. And I was like, this is ridiculous. It's a racket. It's a fucking racket. And see, this is what kills me. Like my. I, I, I love I, I got into soccer and my team is Bohemian FC out of Dublin, Ireland. I'm not an EPL guy. And everybody you can give me shit about it later. I just it's England. My last name's McGinnis. Fuck fuck England, <laughs> right? I'm genetically predisposed to hate everything English and I don't feel bad about that. So um but I use a VPN, a European VPN, and it costs me six dollars a month during the season. To watch boho that's it i'll pay for that all fucking day right and you know what that vpn also gets me access to my favorite rugby club munster yeah. so i can watch their season right and it's just the this streaming thing which was supposed to be liberating for all of us it's worse than cable so is cable supposed to be liberating yeah but you know you know, streaming, excuse me, was supposed to be like this thing where we could like pick and choose what we want and we pay for what we want. And it's not like that. 
It's not like I, for me to watch rugby world cup this year, which Ireland's my team. Number one team on the fucking planet. Didn't make out of the quarterfinals again for the eighth straight rugby world cup. And I'm just like, God damn. And then South Africa wins. They beat New Zealand by one. Oh, Oh, just <laughs> Jason. If I can tell you one thing, I don't give a shit what Nelson Mandela did for South Africa. I don't like that rugby team. I don't like it. I mean, he's been gone for a minute. Yeah, I get it. And it's I get not it. like it's not like if you hate South African rugby, it means you hate the ANC's freedom struggle in the sixties, seventies, and eighties. Homie, he walked out in that number six jersey during the '91 World Cup, and supposedly healed all wounds. And South African rugby had this great kind of like, oh, every time every time I see the Springbok logo, that fucking stupid little South African deer, I'm like, I hate you, I hate you so much, I hate you so much. I'm gonna cheer for the All Blacks. You know, there, there's it. a there's an ESPN 30 for 30 about that. I think. Oh yeah, there was there was a whole fucking movie with Matt Damon in it about That's what that movie was about. Yes. It was called Invictus. Did not watch yeah. it. No, I'm not gonna watch it. It's I don't like Matt guy. Damon. It's fucked up. He's a nice guy. The only thing good about Matt Damon is his mom was a teacher. Yeah, and he yells at people about like unions. Yeah, that's great. That's that's cool. But did I see him out on the picket line supporting SAG after? Not once. Really? Not a once. Maybe he didn't want to sign autographs. Maybe he didn't yeah. want to get a bunch of scripts handed to him. When he was like, <laughs> if I would have known Matt Damon was out on a picket line, I'd been like, bitch, I got a script right now. Oh, no. my God, dude. It's some of the people, I'm sure they were out there, like, legitimately protesting. Like, yeah, I, I know t- times are hard, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. So it's like uh, waiting for Guffman, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's... All right. We're we're staying on track. Toussaint's not here right now to keep us on track. We're gonna so we, stay we, on have, track. we have to stay on track. I just want to end the college talk with with this. I still think Shador Sanders and Caleb Williams are the two best quarterbacks I've seen play in a long time because a they make incredible plays behind some horrible lines and it's not just throwing people jason jason be honest these are not horrible lines they're downright awful right especially with caleb williams you play at usc this is a school that has Hall of untold, Fame untold millions of dollars that go into just recruiting mm-hmm. and you can't get like you can't recruit california like, don't act like in Northern California around Humboldt. There isn't like fucking a line of people that are like six, seven, like three forty, and can move. It's Humboldt County. You I mean, run. there's there's a history of SC offensive linemen, the Matthews family. You know what I mean? Like, well, there's a history of. Okay, keep in mind, Bruce was the only lineman. Yeah, still. Clay was a linebacker, and Clay, Clay too, was a linebacker. Yeah. Right? The other, there was another one, Luke Matthews. Yes, but he went to Oregon. He went to Oregon. Um, but I mean, Anthony Munoz, Anthony Munoz, USC, the yeah. standard barrier for linemen 
throughout the entire decade of the 80s up until 1998. He played 18 years, missed one game. He had to have part of a finger amputated. He Ronnie Lotted that shit. Like, and the thing is, he he was a teammate of Ronnie Lott. So, like, they both broke a finger. They're like, we're going to have to sit out a week. And they're like, nah, cut this shit off. They're just like, gamers. You know? Yeah. Watching Caleb Williams play, if you guys have watched the USC game, people give him a lot of crap because I don't know what they want out of I think when, when people think Heisman, they're still stuck thinking like David Klingler numbers. Like, you're going you're gonna to sit in a very clean pocket. You're going to throw for 4 million yards and 8 million touchdowns. And when you watch this kid play, you're like, you're running all over the place when you need to, but you're not really a runner. You're, yeah. you're hitting receivers on a line. You're really, he's, both of those guys are really, really, watching Shador and Caleb Williams play, they're fitting balls in some super tight windows. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you right now, Caleb Williams has the arm strength to always do that. Shador does not. And I, I don't say this is a knock against Shador. I don't say that. Shador has to do it because he knows I'm at the point where if I don't get rid of the ball, I'm going to become a lawn dart. Like he knows it. Right. And I hate saying that because I, I genuinely think behind a better offensive line, Shador Sanders is in Heisman conversation right now. Oh, easy. Easy. Even with, even with a couple losses, I, I think that, right? He's too he's, good. Watch, watch Shador Sanders play. He's a very, very good quarterback. What's killing him right now is shitty offensive linemen. And I know there's going to be people that come out of the wood where like, look at his stats. Dude, the Colorado's wideouts aren't that great. They are not that great. And I'm going to go ahead and say this too. We need to end this Travis Hunter fucking talk right now. The dude cannot stay on the field, play him offense or defense, but stop playing them both. Right? Hell of an he's, athlete. Oh, amazing. But he's not Charles Woodson. You know what I mean? And Charles Woodson didn't put in any offensive snaps. No, he didn't. But the thing is, the dude played a lot of snaps because he played a lot of special teams as well. He was a returner. Right? So, like, the dude was on the field quite a bit. And you're absolutely right. He didn't play the offensive snaps. That Sanders keeps trotting him out. But the reason that Hunter keeps getting put out there as a wideout is because these other fuckers do not catch the ball enough. They don't. There are so many drops from that wide receiving core in Colorado. It's not even funny. Because Shadour Sanders is that accurate. Again, watch a Colorado game. I'm sure people boycott him just because of Dion. Adolph Reed, football fan, we were talking about it. I was like, you got to. I told him, I said, you have to watch Shadour Sanders play because he's so fun to watch because the kid's cerebral. Yeah, uh, he knows what he's doing out there, yeah. and I just feel bad. Because he, the thing is, if he would have stayed at at, at uh, uh, Jackson State, right? Yeah. He'd be playing behind a much better offensive line, much better. And don't give me the shit. Well, it's FCF or FCS, and, you know, Colorado's FBS. No bullshit. Sanders recruited amazing linemen down at Jackson State. Amazing linemen. And that, I mean, they're not having the season that they had last season. But you know what that quarterback's done at Jackson State? And yes, I've watched three Jackson State games. That quarterback's managed to stay off his back. <laughs> you know? If he would have stayed at Jackson State, he would have won the FCS equivalent to the Heisman and still gotten drafted really high. Still. This is, this is why I have a knock on Lamar Jackson. I watched Lamar Jackson, not every game at Louisville, 
But I watched games at Louisville with Lamar Jackson. And it's Jackson, not Jackson, or uh, Jason, you say bowl? Louisville. I say it the correct way. It's not the correct way. You're from California. Stop that shit. Hey. <laughs> it's Bill. It's look, Louisville. I, I, again, a place I play too many shows, <laughs> and they would be very upset with me if I disrespected them like that. So, Dude, I still get shit when I say, like, Greenville, Fayetteville. They're like, it's Fayetteville. Green Bull. I'm like, if it's Vol, it's V U L L. And they're like, nah, Bobby, that ain't it. That's not it. <laughs> like when I go see you in Fayetteville. Oh my God. We're going straight to the cookout from the airport. Oh, dude. You know what I mean? Cause I know these things because I've been to these places. So Bro, I'll tell you what. We'll go to cookout prior to us going out and you watching me get into all the shenanigans I get and all my hole in the wall bars. And the oh, thing that's is, probably going to be more fun anyway. Oh, dude. And the thing is, you'll be talking about how all the like shows you played around here, and they'll be like, holy fuck, man. You play at Rock Shop? <laughs> oh, shit, son. Yeah. I got to find the guy that stole my show clothes. <laughs> the one but, black guy in the metal scene out there took my show clothes. So. No, but I, I agree with you. Shador, I like it. Shador's absolutely outstanding. I, I, I just feel bad for him this season. And the thing is, I think if he's smart, he stays. He doesn't try and declare this year to, for the draft. He stays and lets his dad uh, recruit more and bring in a better offensive line so we can actually see what he can do. If he leaves, this is this is how I think the NFL draft is going to go if the season pans out the way I think we all think it's going to pan out. Okay, hold on. Everybody watching, everybody listening, take your fucking notes so we can make fun of Jason you, try, you guys try to make fun of me, but I'm pretty right on with some of this shit. You really are, dude, and that pisses me off <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I think Williams still goes number one overall. Okay. I, I think I think Bo Nix, because Oregon might f around and and make it to the the college the playoff, playoff, and they actually might do something in the college playoff. I think Bo Nix is going to do some Jake Locker stuff and move himself way up. You know, okay. even though he's a little older, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna count against him. Bro, he's not Michael Penix old. Bonix is what, like 24, 25? Bro, Penix is in his sixth year of eligibility. Nix is in his fifth. Penix is no spring chicken either, right? Yeah. Indiana, <laughs> now he's in his second year. <laughs> Penix, I think, is gonna go high because Washington's gonna f around and maybe only lose two games. And I don't, I don't know if he could play day one. I think Bo Nix is going to be projected to be that guy because he's older. Maybe Penix and Bo Nix. These are guys that you can plug in right away. Unlike the two that came out this past year, I always felt that Bryce Young is a little light, and I think he went to the worst team with nothing around him. That win was all about grit and wanting to beat his homie. I don't Bro, think they could do that two more. Jason, times. I went. I went to a Panthers game. Did you go to that game? No, I just went to, I went, No, I went to a Panthers game this season. Uh, and sorry, everybody, I can't remember who they played because I wasn't really paying attention. I got a free ticket, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I did tailgate a bit and. Like, I hate watching the Panthers. Panthers fans are the second worst in the NFL behind Seahawks fans. Yeah. Um, when they're winning, everybody shows up. 12th fan, right? 
And then when they're losing, Panthers fans are like, it's like the the Homer meme. They drift back into the, <laughs> the bushes. And then they come out with like a Washington or Atlanta jersey on. You know, like that's that's how it goes. Um he's a, he's a wee boy. Wee boy. It's not very large. No. And they have put nobody in front of Bryce Young to block for him. And I'm with you. Like that is gonna end up killing him. Like that. He's not. He didn't take a pounding in college. I I saw him make some really good plays. I don't think he's as quick as people think he is. I think if people see a black person, they just assume that you have like magical speed. <laughs> like he's not a magical Negro. I'm sorry, he's not that fast. But C.J. Stroud, on the other hand, is blowing my mind because I didn't think. He was going to be pro-ready like he is. And Are you fucking kidding me? He played in a pro-ready offense. Eh, it's Ohio. There's always a receiver. So uh, excuse me. Open. It's Ohio State. Ohio are the Bobcats, and they play in Athens. Excuse Ohio. me? Tomato. What I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, somebody in chat clip that and then send it to Marcus. <laughs> I'm not trying to get sniped by two. Because Marcus will immediately show up in the in our group chat, be like, oh, "Really, Jason? Oh, really?" I'm get... not trying to get sniped by two grown ass men with big hands. All I'm no, saying is, I love all I'm the is, thing is, look, C.J. Stroud. Hold on, let me say, C.J. Stroud is so fun to watch. And get him this, and Bryce like, Young are smart guys. These are two smart guys too. They're but Jason, he plays players. behind a line that's equivalent yeah. to what Bryce is playing behind in Carolina. It's not good. C.J. Stroud is the, I believe, the third most sacked quarterback in the NFL right now. Okay, I believe that. I've watched a couple games. And he still, when he's able to stay upright, is making the throws that I watched him do for two years at Ohio State. He can put the ball anywhere he wants on the field. Yes anywhere and the only thing stopping him from doing that is that shit off his blind and these two these two cats like i look at all the quarterbacks that came out early or that got drafted early in the first round the richardson dude that needs work he needs work fun to okay. watch he needs work okay i'm gonna say this right now his style of play is gonna get him killed and in, in, in a figurative sense, not a literal sense, but in a figurative sense. Like, in his first three games, he was pulled out of two of them, right? And then, in, I believe in the fifth game, he got hurt, and he's out for the season. They all need to go talk to RG3. RG3 came in exciting the league, fun to watch, read option. Oh, my God, this is going to be great. I was hoping to watch RG3 and Andrew Luck play against each other for the next 15 years. Like, I got to watch Elway and Marina. God, didn't we work got, out that way. We got fucked, didn't we? Because yeah. we were like 15 years. We got, what, seven out of luck and three out of RG3 is like a, and a only lightning starter. One, and only one season where you're just like, this dude is worth yep. everything. Those guys were so pro-ready, and they were actually fun. To me, they were fun to watch. Oh, this yeah, group of quarterbacks right now that's in the league right now, they're okay. Wait till this group coming out hits the NFL. Yeah, I mean, Michael Penix. Well, I got to ask you. DJ. Ooh, DJ Oregon State. I got to ask you, my friend, because we have, like, the graybeards 
figuratively speaking, in Nyx and Penix, right? Do we really get what we got in college out of them? Mm -hmm. out, of, I, out of Penix, I don't know about Nyx. I want them both to succeed. You know that. I am always on the side of players. I don't want to ever see a player fail. I don't want that, right? They put too much time. They put too much work into, into being the best they can. I don't want to watch people fail, honestly, because I'm not an asshole, right? I'm not one of those guys that's like, you know what? Fuck that guy. I hope he just falls on his sword. Like, I'm an Ohio State fan, and my favorite Patriot of all time almost dies on the field, and a Michigan part-time starter comes in to quarterback my team. And I'm like, you know what? Let's go, Brady. Let's do this. I'm, I'm happy to see Geno Smith get a second shot. Dude. Yes. It's been yes. a beautiful thing to watch. Like, I, I don't like to see players fail, but this is what I caution with guys that spend a long time in college. They get used to that kind of offense. They get used to that kind of coaching. And when they're 25, you know, <laughs> instead of 21, mm -hmm. one, you know, you're not going to have the career longevity that other QBs have had. And two, are you able to be coached by some of these walking bag of dicks that are NFL head coaches? If Penix and Knicks, and even DJ, because I don't think DJ is going that high. It depends on what Oregon State does, because DJ has all the physical intangibles. Yes. And watching him play, is like, this guy's really efficient. If he got on a team, let's say if the Niners wanted to trade up for a DJ, opposed to Trey Lance, where it's not all upside. You're like, this guy has proven that he can play. And we can plug him in and play. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, even if DJ or 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 or, um, or Penix fell into the Raiders' hands, I think no, they I'm going to tell you right now, I respect Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix enough to where I don't want to see them in silver and black. Can I you don't. imagine? Okay, what would you do if – what would you do if with New England Patriots with first draft pick draft? Like, oh God, is it gonna get that bad, Jason? Did you did you shake the eight ball? Oh oh no, not the first. It? Oh God, with their first pick. I'm sorry. <laughs> New England Patriots with the eighth pick in the NFL draft selects Michael Penix Jr. I'm not I even think mad at you. Can plug him in. Well, no, I think you could plug him in if you spent money on the wideouts. You got to give him somebody to throw to, right? Like, Mac Jones was fucked this year because Kendrick Bourne is the leading receiver, and he just went out. He's probably out for the year with a knee injury. There's been a lot of injuries. And Bourne is not that good. Like, he's not that good. You know, we have arguably a, a top 15 running back or Andre Stevens, and we're like, you know what? We're going to run him eight to ten times a game. And I'm like, do you think the wide receivers? There's not going to be a big run on wide receivers. There's a few. Come, is Jerry Rice's son coming out this year? I don't believe so. I think he's a sophomore. He's I think sophomore. he has to he has to play one more year. No, but uh, the thing is, this this is the way the college game is developed. You don't have to draft like Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. Right. You don't have to draft these guys in the first round. <laughs> Again, let's go back to to Vegas. Hunter Renfro, mm -hmm. slot guy out of Clemson, mm -hmm. two amazing years. And then McDaniels gets there, and it's like, Hunter who? Uh, 
I know my offense. Devontae Adams. I watched the Raiders and the Lions play. Look at the Lions. Look at the, look. Look at the Lions team. I'm a Jared Goff fan. My daughter's boyfriend played against Jared Goff in high school, and he, I loved hearing him talk about that day. Jared Goff is from a very well-to-do suburb here. Oh, shocker! He went to Cal, bro. <laughs> and and he, he said he goes that dude was is was a man amongst boys in high school. Jared Goff, I thought, got such a raw deal. Bro, and we actually talked about this. Remember in the first couple yes. of shows, remember? Yes. Such right. a raw deal. And, and, and hold on. Before you go on, everybody, I'm going to eat my crow right the fuck now. I'm going to eat it right now. Jason said, give him a chance to play, and golf is going to get you there. And you know what Marcus and I both said? Various, uh, you know, changes in. Go fuck yourself, Jason. You're dumb, Jason. <laughs> You obviously don't watch enough football, Jason. Mm-hmm. Like we all that was Marcus and I. And now I got, shit. Uh-huh. All that. Like I said, I'm eating my crow now because Jason's absolutely correct. And that offense that they built around him in Detroit in Detroit. They built it around him. And you got Amon say uh Amon Ross St. Brown. You have like uh Jameer Gibbs, who everybody's like, Why the fuck do you draft a running back in the first uh round now? Well, I think Gibbs kind of showed it. You know, um, that tight end from Iowa, uh, dude caught four touchdown passes in four years at Iowa. He's got five already this year in the pros. Is there any burners on that team that frighten you? Not really. But when you look at the way they play, right, and they're still building out that defense. It's not done yet. for them. Yeah. But when I when I watch Detroit against the Raiders, and you can say it's the Raiders, I get it. But when you see what Detroit's done over the past two season and a half, I was I would even, like, Jason, I would even go the last three years because they started drafting smarter. You know? Yeah. And, 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 you, and you see what they're doing. Like, to your point, you don't have to draft wide receivers in the first round or even the second round. Wide receivers are becoming kind of like running backs. We, you can probably find them uh, in free agency. Yeah. And, and, and dude, in later rounds. With our. What, Regardless of how you feel about spring football, it gives these wideouts a chance to get game film. And we're, we're farming the XFL and yeah. the USFL now. Guys who know how to run routes properly. And maybe they played at a small school or D2 school. But you're realizing, I can draft a guy from a D2 school. Or I can pick up a, a D2 guy from the spring leagues and plug him in. He's ready to play. You know? like, And I, I don't want to say they're interchangeable. Like running backs. But finding wideouts that are ready to play day one in the NFL, it's getting a little easier, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Greatness is greatness, right? Not everybody's going to be great. But when I look at a team like the Lions, I'm like, this is a team full of really good guys. And I enjoy watching them play. I'm and they a play, Bronco fan, but I enjoy watching them. And they play good football. Oof. They play good football. Like you said, the defense, eh, right? They're working on it. They got yeah. their cornerstone pieces. But, but that offense with, with golf quarterbacking it and with Gibbs and uh, Laporta, of course, mm-hmm. I forgot the Italian guy's name. Sorry. Um, you know, but Laporta at tight end, you got uh, Amon uh, Ross St. Brown. And it's, it's, it's humming, man. Dan Campbell got a lot of shit for the interim job he did in Miami, but he was handed like a, an awful team. Mm-hmm. And he actually thought I would I was never going to get another head coaching job. 
and he took on one of the toughest jobs in the NFL in coaching the Detroit Lions. And, dude, they are humming now. And I give the Ford family a lot of credit for sticking with him because, remember, he only won, like, four games his first two years, four or five. And then now, look at him. They own the NFC North stick right now. Stick with a coach who's willing to stick with the quarterback. Tell me how that works out for your fan base. Pittsburgh loves it, loved it, right? I, w- I would I would argue loved it because a lot of Pittsburgh fans are really pissed off at Kenny Pickett, right? <laughs> hey, they had 20-some years of competitive football. Dude, I mean, you could even argue we're going on almost 40, you know, between Cal. There was a huge fall-off in the late 80s. In the, in the but Cal- years. Uh, bro, but still, there's a lot of... They had a lot of... Yes, yes. Pittsburgh, you know? like I said, competitive football. If you want to have a good competitive team, look at coaches that stayed forever. Bill Walsh only... That's not only, but that's four Super Bowls. He didn't get all five. And how many years was he in San Francisco? They wanted to kick him out. Around eighty one. Oh, dude, yeah. It's because he he brought a raw he brought around a, a, an offensive system that nobody knew how to deal with. That initially the offensive personnel that they had didn't know how to fucking work, you know. But oh, Andrew, I'm so sorry, dude. The pack is not back. Um, Jason and I had this conversation. I thought Jordan Love after the first four weeks, I was like, he's gonna be fine. And since then, it's just like, holy fuck, dude. You Again, look- you're looking at a, a young person that went to a small school that's getting extremely shell shocked in the NFL. Yeah, I think small school guys have to have a certain a certain situation. Uh, who's the kid that uh, went to North Dakota that was the number one draft pick overall and then got hurt? Are you talking about Carson Trey Lance? Wentz. Carson Wentz. Oh, Wentz. Oh, God. Carson Wentz. A lot of people are like, oh, he went to a small school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he, he gets just the perfect situation in Philadelphia and then sadly got hurt. And, and the thing is, it's like, dude, he's had three or two other chances and showed he can't play at the pro level. Like, you can it's not like a, this, though. You know, you can say the same thing. I, I, I love the Jim Plunkett example. Dude, Indy and Washington. Granted, not the best places to go into sam but, howell seems to be lighting it up Washington. at least when the phillies come to town god bro damn. i i started phillies defense in one of my leagues and i was like how the fuck did you let washington <laughs> score 31 i got negative three points before before we go before we go and we totally dropped the ball in the game before we go because i know you have to go question did you see Will Levis dropping four touchdown passes in the throwback unis. Okay, first, what I thought was hilarious. Can we admit that none of us saw that coming? No. And what happened to Malik Willis? Oh, oh. Okay. So, poor Malik. Poor Malik. Because I thought he was going to be QB2. Going into the season behind a really and I mean anybody that watched has watched the show knows Ryan Tannehill, I detest that man. Uh he was you know, and Jason, we talked about this like we when we did like the early season stuff, he was yeah. not gonna be the guy that got you over the hump. No. We've been saying that for almost two years now. No. 
And I thought Malik Willis would have gotten a better chance because he kind of he showed out in preseason. So I'm like, he's definitely gonna be QB two. So Tannehill's down with a high ankle sprain. And then Will Levis from the University of fucking Kentucky. Name me one QB from Kentucky. Tim Couch. Exactly. That's, That's the it. only one you can name. That's it. And he shows out. And he's got Hopkins there, who hasn't done shit all season. Balling. And just dropped dimes to him all game. Just... Watching Will Levis play in the throwback unis. He's not going to do that again. If any Titans fans are watching, this isn't a diss to the Titans. Although, you, I think you guys pulled the hook on Will Levis too early. <laughs> Bro, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Nothing Dude. made me happier than watching uh TJ Watt or JJ Watt get butt hurt. He's like, can't believe Tennessee is wearing Houston throwbacks. It's fucking ridiculous. Like <laughs> Texans should be wearing this as throwbacks. And it's like, bro, you're an expansion team in O2. You didn't have the Oilers lineage. I'm sorry. That's not how that works. You, you want to wear Kansas City jerseys? Like, what the fuck you thought you were Yeah, wearing, like, dude? come on, bro. And, but, yeah, man, I it, I wouldn't say it may not happen again because he's got a thing with Hawkins. Like, he showed if Hawkins can just get his hand up, Levis is putting the ball there. And I was very surprised at that. I didn't put a lot of stock into Will Levis. I am not going to. Third round pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got Malik Willis, who's supposed to be, again, I hate the the workout freaks that everybody goes crazy over because there was a guy in the Niners drafted a guy named Jim Druckenmiller. Oh, Virginia Tech, 97. That was like, he's a workout freak. He's throwing tires and he just picked up an anvil. He beat up Bluto without the spinach. Like everybody was all over Jim Druckenmiller because he was a physical freak. Kyle Bowler was a physical freak out of yeah, and um, get this, get this. Druckenmiller was a fucking bum, right? He played QB at Virginia Tech under Frank Beamer, Jason. QBs don't ball out under Frank Beamer with the exception of one person. Michael Vick. Mike Vick. People are like, oh, he's made a couple QBs. No, Michael Vick was the one. Michael Vick. Michael Vick was the one. His special, brother, special person. His, yeah, his brother, come on. They like to bring up Marcus Vick, and I'm like, stop it. Just stop You're it. You're just saying names now. Stop Yeah. It. You know, like, come on, man. <laughs> Dr. Claw, Kyler Bowler was ass. Like, one of the most bum-ass QBs I've ever seen. See also Brady, Brady Quinn. Quinn. <laughs> I wanted Brady Quinn to be decent. He was just a pretty boy. When you look, when, look, when you think about these physical freaks, and they got all the talent, da 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 the thing about Lamar Jackson, and, and I, my, my hot take is also a dickish thing to say because I do like watching Lamar Jackson play. But the one thing that makes me really angry about Lamar Jackson is when I see him just totally airball over yeah. the receivers. I, I, uh, I equate Jackson to Michael Vick before prison. And I, yeah. I, I wish that yeah. wasn't a, a, a thing, right? Yeah. Michael Vick could not hit the seven to 10 yard route. Nope. But he could drop dimes at 40 yards. Yep. With flicking his wrist. Yep. And that's where Lamar's at. 
That is exactly where Lamar is at. And I think a lot of that has to do with the receivers Baltimore has had over the, the last few years, which were they lit up the college ranks, but they were not pro ready. CD Lamb is looking okay in Dallas. I, That's I CD, like last CD Lamb. Who, uh, uh, who's the guy? No, I'm sorry, not CD Lamb because he didn't go there. The Jackson, not Jackson. Who's the Hollywood somebody went to Baltimore? Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown. And he couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, and I honestly, in it, McCarthy's offense leaves a lot of options up to the receivers to the routes they run, which is a blessing and a curse because mm -hmm. regular season, it's great. Playoffs, though, at that point, you're playing the best teams that have watched your game film all year. Doesn't always work out, right? Um, but I think with this crew they have now, I, dude, and honestly, Baltimore's offense would be a lot better if Dobbins could stay healthy. But that poor kid, his lower legs at this point look worse than mine, right? <laughs> An ACL tear, his rookie year. He tore his Achilles in, like, game two this year. Like, that poor guy, like, he's held together with duct tape and a prayer. Um, but with John Harbaugh's system, like, he he rotates a lot of running backs through. I mean, I think Baltimore's going to be fine. Um, if we're talking NFC North real quick, uh, the Bengals are back, baby. They really yeah, are. Yeah. Fucking Burroughs is healthy, and he show, he's shown it the last few weeks. He's shown it the 49ers. Very yeah. Good team. The Browns. If they could just get decent quarterback play, I'm not even talking good, decent. With that defense, that's what I'm talking about. Because you have the whole issue with Watson. I get that you got money tied up in that. But if if you keep winning and you get a, a 28th pick, you may fuck around and have one of these guys fall to you. Bro, like DJ that's the thing. Or they don't. They don't have a 28th pick until oh, 2025. They, tr they traded it, didn't they? For the four first rounders. For Watson. So they're stuck with him. And the thing is, if they try to cut him after this season, he counts $206 million against the cap. Because his contract is guaranteed. And Dr. Call, PJ Walker, as, a, as an XFL fan, a guy who adopted the Roughnecks, we did our XFL 2.0 picks here on this show. And I picked the Roughnecks. And PJ Walker is my QB. He is not a guy that should be starting in the NFL. I hate to say it. He's not. I love the guy. I think he's a greedy dude. He's a 5'10 quarterback who is not very mobile. And he, like you said, he can't get off his first read. He can't see over the fucking O-line. Can't do it. So if I'm Stefanski, I'm running a lot of shotgun. A lot. And with Ford back there, the young running back, that's kind of you know, he got hurt last week, which is awful, which means Kareem Hunt, a guy you literally just signed off the street. I got it. He knows the playbook and all that stuff. But he, Kareem Hunt, there, there's a reason he lasted this long into the offseason because he doesn't have the first step he had when he was in Kansas City. Um, but if I'm Stefanski, I run P.J. Walker out of the shotgun the entire time. and yeah. never put him under center. Modify with the pistol, maybe. Exactly. Do what you got to do with the personnel you have and like the defense that you have. And Cleveland's defense this year is fucking phenomenal. Let them do the heavy lifting. You know, I, I think there's some some big name quarterbacks that are going to be moving around next year. Uh, let's face it, we're we're probably going to have six or seven teams. 
that are open to new QBs, period. Um, Dak New Orleans may not be in Dallas. Uh, no, there's too much money invested in him. Jerry, Jerry's not going to swallow that. It's not Deshaun Watson bad, but we're talking like a hundred million dead cap hit if if they try and move him. I would be surprised, Jerry Jones. Just never trust Jerry Jones. <laughs> but I, I don't I actually like again. Even if they try and trade him, there's still going to be a dead cap hit. So, you know, they may agree to take some of that money. They may believe Trey Lance is the future. Who knows? We are not in those meeting rooms. No. I wish I was because I'd be making a lot more money. I would... <laughs> but, you know, I, I feel like Washington feels like they got their man. Oh, uh, God. You cannot it, count Sam Howell as a... He's putting up numbers in these very close games against one of arguably the best teams in the NFL, Philadelphia. So, I, I I hate to be that guy. I do think that uh, Sam Howell might be that good. Um, I think the NFC East is going to have some moving around. I don't I don't think they'll make it. New York is, is looking for an answer. On the other side, the New York Jets. I think they feel very comfortable with their quarterback situation. As they're winning games with an extremely solid defense and some okay quarterback play, it's only going to get better with time. Doctor Claus says the Commanders, whenever they play Philly, they turn into the 2008 Pats. I mean, the Commanders look like the 2008 Pats against the Broncos. Jesus Christ, can't piss me off. This is an interesting year with a lot of guys coming out if all these guys come out. If Shadour comes out, I think that's going to be a very, very interesting quarterback draft. Um, we'll see. He, he's doing so well with NIL money. He doesn't need to. Um, but does he take less of an ass kicking in the NFL that he's Getting right now in college ranks, watching Colorado play. And real quick to flip it back to college, anyone that watches this show knows my favorite quarterback of all time is John Elway. He went to the University of Stanford, and Stanford had one of the most exciting college football games I've seen in a long time, where they came back from 29 points down by 12 minutes until. Four minutes into the third quarter to defeat in overtime the uh, Colorado Buffaloes. Okay. And they also had a comeback against Washington. They have an exciting young quarterback receiver combination that I'm, I, what is this going to be in the future? I don't know. Well, Let's face it, uh, to get back. Sorry, but I had to take a pit stop. Your boy's been drinking a lot of fluids. Um, but never trust an NCQB. Never. I mean, they, that's both of our mottos. If we were GMs, that would be the first. That'd be on the. It's the economy, stupid. Never trust. Yeah. <laughs> never trust the SCCQB. Never trust the NCQB. Yeah, I mean, dude, I think Mitchell Trubisky. Um, 
and how have kind of shown us that they're great for the systems they play in. Um, but Drake May, the last two weeks, look at his games in college, like, you know, at that at the level. They haven't I, been good. Went, he has dude, not looked good. And the Broncos went to go check him out. I was like, why? Why? Check out the kid in your backyard. We're losing too many good kids in the backyard. Yeah. Chenault, you know, I thought I, mean, and, I shot and the thing it, Denver. Leviscus Chenault, whatever his first name is. Leviticus. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Leviticus Chenault. God damn it. What is it with these <laughs> biblical fucking names these days? That, that I, dude, I would have loved to see him in the Broncos uni. Shador <laughs> Sanders in a, staying in Colorado. Can you imagine if he stays in Colorado? Dude, I mean, the thing is, I really think he stays when we're in college, and then the Denver, you know, the Broncos roll the dice. Because at that point, you're in the last year of Wilson's contract. You probably could find somebody to take it. You really could. Um, his his contract is very backloaded. So you can't just release him outright because your dead cap hit is going to be it's stupid nasty. high. It's yeah. Nasty. Again, it's not Deshaun Watson high, but it's it's high right but what you do is you can maybe you don't get him in the first round uh because like how many teams year after year because we're like you said we're hitting this kind of like renaissance of quarterbacks and maybe you don't hit on the first round you do what the titans did you just picked up will levis in the third and he balled out say he plays very well the rest of the season the titans are set they don't need another one excuse me houston doesn't need another one um carolina might be in the market for one you gotta yeah. you gotta see what happens with bryce young bryce yeah. young again the chips are really stacked against this young man i don't know if frank reich is the right coach but you don't want to be known as the, the coach burner either yeah but we've also seen the Cardinals set a precedent with drafting a qb oh, in the top 10 don't remind me and then moving right on from it for a guy, Kyler Murray. And I don't know if you saw, but the Cardinals just traded Josh Dobbs to Minnesota. Yep. To make an, a roster spot open for Kyler Murray. Yeah. And I was like, Arizona's played good football with Dobbs. Right? And this is a guy who has bounced around the league a lot. You know, he's in and off of practice squads. He's getting a chance to start and the thing is you got to keep in mind he was on cleveland's roster before week one yeah and got traded to arizona and now he's in minnesota so literally in one league year he's on his third team learning his third playbook and he's probably gonna start yeah like that's i don't think kyler murray stays in arizona I don't think so either. I that that I feel bad for him because I have a smaller son. That's that's ablation, and I get <laughs> such a kick out of watching Kyler Murray play. <laughs> and so, like when when I was with when I was with my young son's mom, I mean, he's a little bigger than all the other kids so far. Um, we were watching Kyler Murray's college season very closely, and I was looking over at my team like this. You, you could be him. 
Well, everybody just remember here at BTR, we stand ablation player. <laughs> so, and I love Kyler Murray's dad's story about how, you know, he came out at a time where, nope, you colored boys are going to switch positions. You guys uh -huh. have the, the mental wherewithal to play the position. And he trained his son to just be a beast. Kyler yeah. Murray balled out at the college level. Uh, he took the Arizona Cardinals to the playoffs. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't doubt his talent. I doubt, I doubt the talent around him. That's yeah, what I doubt. That's fair. Arizona is not a well-run franchise. Just like Vegas is not a well-run franchise. That's fair. They do not hit on their first, second, or third-round picks. And as we've talked about it before, Dr. Claw, you, and everybody else that's seen me on here, I'm going to fucking reiterate it again. If you do not hit on your first, second, and third-round picks, you will fail. You will fail. You have to hit on those picks now. They have to be able to either contribute to the team or start immediately. That's the rule now. That's how it is. That's the game. Right. And Arizona doesn't do a good job of that. I mean, fuck, dude, Vegas. Look at their last few first rounders. And they got two the other year. Absolute ass. Cleveland Farrell isn't with the team anymore. Right. Josh Jacobs had Henry one... Ruggs killed someone accidentally still. Well, he was smashed and fucking decided he was going to drive drunk down the strip in Vegas. I got bad news for you, Mac. He was doing what everyone does in Vegas. I'm aware. But when you are fucking going 90 and like a 40 and hit a car that's not moving very much. You need to live in Vegas for I don't three want months. To. I don't want to do that. I don't want to live there for three days. I was there for two. And I'm like. I've seen with my human eyes some disgusting accidents in Las Vegas, Nevada. That make you go, how did this happen at four o'clock in the afternoon? Bro, I don't want to be there, Jason. One, Utah, Nevada remind me too much of Afghanistan. Ooh. And I don't want to see that. It's rocky, it's too brown, it's hot. He means the 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 landscape. The, la the landscape, everyone. Okay. <laughs> There's so, way too many brown people. Yeah. Don't clean my hotel, man. Jason, one of my best friends, Breezy, um, when I was in the army. He's a brown person. No, he, giant black man. Giant black man. <laughs> right? And you got to keep in mind, the infantry is pasty white, and Breezy joined the infantry. Mm -hmm. So, like, we just, we hit, we weren't in the same platoon, but, like, when we got home from that deployment in 2012, we kind of hit it off. Right? And he married this white woman that had three kids already oh. in the did, span did of life. Her, did he meet her and it, Well, she's from Utah, bro. She's from Utah. Say no more for her. Right? Yeah. Um, so in the span of like five years, she's pregnant with her third from Breezy. Mm -hmm. Right? So Kristen, his wife, texts me and, and Clay up, and she's like, hey, like, I'm doing a baby shower. Breezy's out here all by himself, just surrounded by like all the white women in my family. Would you guys fly out here and just like hang out for a couple days? I was like, 
fucking say less, dude. Me and me and Clay hopped on a Spirit Air flight. That's very dangerous. Yes. Flew into Vegas. I like I met Clay in Dallas. Like I had a I flew from Charlotte to Dallas. I met him there. We flew to Vegas and then rented a car to drive to St. George, Utah, which Beautiful is like in this bottom fucking, you mm-hmm. know. And we drove up there and we show up and I we, both Clay and I like crawl into bed with Breezy and Breezy's racked the fuck out. We got there like three in the morning. Right. And we just start both petting him and Breezy's like, oh, what's up, girl? Like thinking it's Crispin. <laughs> and I was like, sup, dude. And he's like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> he's like, he's like, he was like, how are you going to have two white men in my bed right now? Right. Like, <laughs> So I haven't seen anything. And he lives in this, this rad place. And keep in mind, like he's adopted. Kristen's older three mm-hmm. so he's like a 28 year old dude that's a dad to a 17 year old or 16 year old at the time right and he's like yo mac man how do i be a dad to a teenager i'm like bro my kids aren't even teenage yet man you jumped into a whole nother shit i don't even know a whole other, right yeah. but i woke up the next morning and i fucking made a cup of tea and i walked outside and breezy and i was still smoking at the time so like i let up a cigarette breezy comes out and he goes looks like afghanistan doesn't it i'm like i hate it already i fucking <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful drive oh yeah it's great if you're into rocks and sand the red rocks that you drove through to get there if you left from the vegas area up the north i believe it's a very very gorgeous drive i'm sure it's gorgeous beautiful, it's one of the most beautiful drives in america oh, i personally I... think as someone that's driven across this country too I... Do not discount that, Jason. But the fact of the matter is, for someone who's went to Iraq or Afghanistan. Flashbacks. No, you're just like, this place eats ass. There's not enough enough water. You know, like I'm hot all the time. That's also where I had law enforcement and the SWAT team pull guns on me to the point where they were like, there was one whole team behind the car doors with the guns out. Bro. He took me out of St. George. We went to South Utah, like where South don't. Utah State is. Yeah, don't. And he's like, we have to go out here to eat. And I said, why? And he goes, well, if we stay in St. George, there's Mormon patrols. And like, I didn't believe him until Clay and I went to the liquor store. And the Mormons stopped us at the door. And we're like, is this what you want to be doing when Jesus comes back? They're like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Jesus. And I was like, bruh, I don't believe in Sky Daddy or your version of it. So I'm going to go inside and buy all. Dude, some of the best vodka I had was literally from a, a, a distillery in Utah, Salt Lake City, right? Mm-hmm. Great vodka, right? So he takes us out to this, uh, to where South Utah State University or South Utah University, whatever the proper name is. And he's like, dude, they have the best pizza here. So this is why we're going. So we took his oldest, and it was me, Breezy, Kristen, and his oldest, Lexi, and we're sitting outside, right? And Breezy sit next to Kristen. I'm sitting next to Lexi, and we're waiting for them to bring the pizza out. And it was like this wood fire joint. Like, dude, it was so good. I'm not even gonna lie. But like, we see a fucking like Mormon patrol mm-hmm. 
walking down the sidewalk and they stop and look at me mm -hmm. and go, is this man bothering your wife? And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, you realize he Breezy's married to Kristen. And they're like, oh. And I was like, oh, bitch, we're doing this. And I stood up and Breezy's like, bitch, you better sit down. You better sit down right now. <laughs> you know, you don't want that warning. No, he's like, we don't do this here. We're just trying to get pizza. And I'm like, Breezy, I'm not happy about this. He goes, I don't give a fuck what you're happy about. We drove 40 minutes out to get this pizza. My daughter's right there. We're not getting into a fight with Mormons, which are going to bring cops. And yeah. I was like, that's fair. That's and, fair. and, it's like one of those, <laughs> you know, <sighs> like, you, you got to ask yourself, like, is this, is this, is this the fight? Like, I was, I was in the same area you were in when that happened to me. We, we had a flat tire. I think I told the story on the show before. Maybe not this show. We had a flat tire in 20, I think it was 2015. We had a flat tire going to, to Vegas from Salt Lake. Okay. And we called AAA and AAA said, do you want an escort to wait with you? The middle of nowhere. You know that drive. There's a lot of nowhere. Oh, yeah. And so we were in that nowhere part. And so we said, no, we're fine. And so it was just me and my ex. And we had a white van, as vans do, with all our gear in it. And I was about to go outside to take a picture of the flat tire to put it on social media and say, hey, we might not be our time for the gig. And she, we, I heard sirens. And then I heard her go, oh, <laughs> and there's an officer with a gun, an automatic rifle pointed at her head. Holy shit. And I opened the door and all of a sudden the SWAT SUV and all the cop cars in the middle of the freeway or the highway, right? So I have the cell phone in my hand and I was I was walking out the door when this happened. I said, shit, and I saw the cops, so I throw the cell phone down because I'm like, I'm gonna die with cell phone. So I come out with my hands up as I'm being yelled at by the officers. They're terrified. They're sitting there like this. Hands up! I was like, my hands are up! It's just a flat tire. And then and then uh the sheriff is running down the highway. Hold your fire! Hold your fire! And he's running in front of me so they don't shoot me. Jesus Christ. Everybody's white, right? The sheriff gets in front of me. And he grabs me. He's shorter than me. And he goes, I'm so sorry this happened to you. We got a call of a custodial kidnapping. And it was a white van with California plates. Oh. And it said that the driver had military training. And I was like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm still in shock. Because, yeah. they, Mac, they haven't put the guns down. Oh. They haven't put the guns down, right? My ex, they finally let her up. Her hands are still up. She walks over to me. She's like, oh, like, like, that's all she can say, right? <laughs> Poor woman. She's from Canada, so she oh my doesn't God. curse too much. And so 
It's so the office she's running like, around saying, "Hey, hey, <laughs> hey!" <laughs> she's like Miss Doubtfire, and it's just like, "Oh!" <laughs> and I and I was just screaming, "Like it's just a flat tire!" Like I don't, none of us understand. So the cops trying to make me understand. The sheriff trying to make me understand. He goes, he's, he's apologizing. Like I'm so sorry. He, and he starts getting like, "Put your guns down, right?" Because he's 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 like, "Why are your guns still?" Because he won't get from in front of me. Yeah. And. He goes, but I knew as soon as you're, and he said this very politely, and we were married. I appreciated that. He goes, <laughs> I, I saw as soon as your wife got out of the car that you weren't him because it was a white man with two young boys. And I look at the sheriff and I go, I never thought being black would save me from being <laughs> shot by police. As I say that, the AAA driver was coming the other way. No fucking way. He was behind me. I didn't even realize he was behind me. That's how scared we are. He was behind me, and he heard me say that, and he couldn't stop laughing. The sheriff made all the cops come and apologize to us. We had like oh. take we had to take all of our gear out to get to the to the tire right because it's one of those GMC vans where your tires underneath yeah. everything. Oh yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. the sheriff actually helped. He goes, he goes, you know what? My daughter's a musician. She actually lives in Vegas, and did, he helped us for about a half hour. He made sure we got the tire put on, and we go to town. They gave us a deal on the tire, but when we get to town, the 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 tow truck driver that had came out. Thought it was so funny because you know you know St. George is small. So oh, when dude, the APB when the APB call came in that they found the guy because their whole thing was we were told that he had military training and to proceed with caution, right? And and so when we get to town, the AAA driver had. Everyone had heard the call. So the town was like ready for some Miami Vice shit to jump off. And they found out it was us. The AAA driver got on the radio and was like, oh, no, it's a black man and some Chinese. <laughs> black man and some Chinaman. And this funny as hell. And he tells the story. So as we're waiting for the guy to put the tire on the car, everybody keeps telling me, he's like, yeah, that's them. Tell the story again. Jesus Christ. Tell him about how being black saved. <laughs> wow. Dude, and it's like. Fuck, true dude. story. It isn't okay. I know this is kind of heavy for us to end on, but like my kids, like you all know, my kids are indigenous, mm-hmm. right? They're members of Catawba Nation, and my daughter's fourteen, and she asked about what's happening in Israel. Mm. Mm. And you know, we homeschool the kids, but they go to a co-op on Wednesdays. And if I would have known the name of the co-op, I would have argued vehemently against them joining. But it's called Home Patriot. I thought you were going to say Bedford Forest. <laughs> right? <laughs> or some crazy shit. <laughs> no. Hang them high. <laughs> and my, my son is taking this class about medieval history. And I help him with it. And we're going all the way back to like the 900s about the Norman invasion 
uh, you know, the, the, the Viking invasion of Northern France, where they set up Normandy and got that whole duchy. And then they, you know, William invaded England in 1066. Um, yeah, exactly. Dr. Call, exactly. Catawba, that's North Carolina through and through. Right. Um, but, but his teacher keeps talking to him about like, he keeps dropping, like, if you guys, the Holocaust wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen again because that's what Palestinians want to murder every Jew. The, the teacher said that? Yeah. Right. And I've talked to my kids about it. And I said, listen, guys, being critical of a government does not make you anti Semitic. It doesn't. Because I was like, I hate to tell you this, guys. There are 6 million Jews in Israel. There's like 60 million outside of Israel. And they have been marching in protest against what's been happening in Gaza since the 7th of October. Because if anybody knows how horrible eradication is, the Jewish people know it. Right? So my daughter goes to co-op today. My son goes to co-op today. And I get a call when I was at the gym, right? I was I was doing back day today. It's my favorite day. And I'm on the cusp of being done. I'm getting ready to do uh, burnout sets. And my ex calls me. He's like, hey, you got to go pick Kale up, my son. And I said, not a problem. I'm there, right? And it's at this church. And I think everybody knows how I feel about churches. Not a big fan, right? So I get there and I'm not like a member of this group and I just walk in the door past this person that's trying to stop me. And this woman goes, uh, who are you? And I said, none of your fucking business. I'm here to pick up my kid. <laughs> and she goes, well, I have to know who you are. And I said, you don't have to know who I am. I'm here to pick up my kid. My kid knows my face. She goes, well, I mean, you look, might... Mac, in all fairness, can we do say, though, that you would appreciate the fact that I asked who you are? You don't want just any other dude. Okay, yeah, but guess what? I don't even like my kids half the time. <laughs> I'm not trying to take other people's kids, right? <laughs> they don't know that. Oh, oh, yeah, they're Christians. <laughs> They've been stealing children for fucking hundreds of years? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... My son's like weeping. And I said, Bud, what's up? Right? Because, you know, I've been very honest with my like my mental stuff. I have horrible anxiety. I've I've chewed my thumbs to nubs because like that's how I deal with it because I can't afford my anxiety meds right now. And he goes, Daddy keeps talking about how Palestinians want to kill Jews. All of them want to kill Jews. They want to kill all the Jews. And you told me that's not the case. I was like, bud, I'm glad you called me because we're getting the hell out of here. I don't want you to have to deal with that shit, right? So got him out. We go back to my ex's house. We play Fortnite for a little bit because my ex is a teacher online. And she goes, well, what was it about? And I said, well, his teacher's full of shit. <laughs> like, absolutely full of shit. You know? And he felt, because my kids are very empathetic. And I love that about them because you know what? I'm not, I'm not that like, and I hate to say this, 
When I say my communism and my politics and my moral compass points me north, I try and help people out because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's the right thing to do. I know 90% of the people I help, I'm probably not going to like. I just, it's me. But my kids love people. They don't want people to hurt. And that's far better than what I could have ever asked for as a father. Right? Because I grew up with a bunch of like right-wing fucking loonies. And my kids actually give a shit about people. Regardless of their faith. They just care. And that makes me so happy. And like this little shit that was outside sees my son crying. Right? And starts fucking running his mouth. And I'm not proud of this. Well, I kind of am. But I was like, who's your dad? And he's like, well, my dad's over there. And I'm like, if you keep talking to me, I'm going to go beat the fuck out of him. Like, I was done at that point. Oh, you mean like a, a legit kid? Yeah. <laughs> like a child. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, like, this is like a – it's horribly Christo-fascist. Yeah. This little fucking co-op they had. Dude, Jason, they actually had an entrepreneurial class that I told my ex, no, the kids cannot do that. There's nothing positive about capitalism. And like I told you, my daughter is reading through fucking Kropotkin right now. You know, like we're we're getting we're we're getting there. But I don't want my kids to ever be in a position. I don't want my kids to ever feel that they have to talk shit to people that are feeling, one. And two, that they think that it's okay to watch children be chewed up by bombs and missiles and bullets. Because if anybody knows me, I've seen that. I watched my friends go through it. I watched the people in Afghanistan go through it. And I don't want that for anybody. And anybody who thinks that's fucking rad or cool or whatever the fuck, man, you can suck my dick from the back. Nobody deserves that shit. Nobody. I don't give a fuck what an organization did. It doesn't mean that people don't deserve the right to live and exist. And it makes me angry that we are raising children in this country that don't agree with that. And that my kids have to fucking feel that. And fight against it at 12 and 14 when they don't have the means to do so. And on top of that, my daughter's bisexual. Like I told you that. So she catches hell from these, this crowd all the time. And what I love about my daughter, she's a, honestly, she's got a little thicker skin than my son. You know, like she's thrown out, you know, my dad will beat the shit out of you. <laughs> like she's thrown that out. You know, but my daughter is just like, I love people. And I want people to not have to worry about getting bombed to death. And you know what, Jason? I'm going to tell you this right now. I wish I had the the bravery that my kids had at 14 and 12, you know, now. Because it wasn't until I've been, like, shot at and blown up where I actually decide, well, let's sack up and, like, stand up for people. You know, but my kids are doing it. They're, they're doing it as a teenager and a preteen. So, like, that's pretty rad. And I, and and I, I wish that we could, like, not fucking deal with this this bullshit, especially considering the Israeli government just had a fucking literally 
a press re- uh, 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 think, you know, like a, a, a policy paper released saying the only way for us to deal with the Gazan problem is to remove all Gazans out of Gaza into Egypt. And if you think they're going to stop in Gaza, they're going to go into West Bank and do the same thing. Palestinians are people, and I'm going to say this a million times, being critical of the Israeli government does not mitigate. And being supportive of the Palestinian people does not make you a supporter of terrorism. We have to be supportive of people. And fuck, dude, nobody deserves to be blown up. Nobody deserves to be shot. Nobody deserves any of that shit. And I hate that our sports show devolved into me getting really heavy. Everybody. I'm really sorry. But it's, it's a it's a real moment, which I hope people appreciate on this show. That I hope so, because Jason, like, isn't that what we're supposed to do, right? This is what we do. We 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 work. We try and educate. We try and do all these things. But if you can't feel it as a person, all that shit's gonna go right over your head, just like modern defenses go over Josh McDaniel's head. Right? <laughs> That's how it goes. Look, tomorrow, for those of you that are watching and are used to more serious shows, we actually can have a very serious show tomorrow with uh, Pascal and and Code Pink. That's rad as fuck. Jason, you need to bring me on for a serious show once. I would come on tomorrow. I cannot do it tomorrow. I'm doing. (laughs) You all see how he treats me? See how it treats me? See why everybody's gone off the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're 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 uh we'll be doing that. We wanted to do I'll be totally honest if we're gonna do it tonight. I wanted to do something really this is gonna sound terrible. Not funny, but like kind of fucked up. Because Pascal is an Orthodox Muslim. And yes. we were like, what if we had Jewish person and just made it look like it was going to be a fight, but it just really wasn't. Like we didn't have, we didn't, like we wouldn't even say anything. We would just put like these two images up, and people would just go to town with what they assume it is. Oh, yeah, it doesn't they even would, matter. They, they would be like high five and agree, and the whole show people would just think they were fighting the whole time, just on the way the thumbnail would look. So that didn't. Sadly, that didn't happen. But we we were able to find uh, a very good fill in. I did hit up Norm Finkelstein. <laughs> uh, oh my he, god! He couldn't he couldn't do it, but that would have been that would have been awesome. Oh my god, dude! It Marcus is is he's carrying a heavy load right now because mm-hmm. every time I get into left flank, it's Marcus. And I'm like, I know you went from a quartet to a trio, but where's the other two motherfuckers now? It's you know, just, <laughs> it's just him. I talked to him the other day. It's just him. But I guess they come. Well, and the thing up. is, you know what? You need to beat him up too, and let him know that he does a daytime show. I would help out with that shit, so the man doesn't have to. Carry the load himself because everybody knows I'm a good comrade. I'm here to help. That's my job. 
Well, look, I love Mac, my friends. Look, Mac, we're doing a, another heavy load for December. So if you want to come through and get absolutely, those, you got it, Jason. I am always the, here's the thing, man. COVID sent the world into a tailspin. And I got to initially meet you when you were doing barbershop on left late vets. And we talked about the Cleveland Agora for like 10 minutes while you were talking and you would, you would go in a chat. And since then I, I count you as one of my most treasured friends. I'm honored and blessed to be part of this shit. You know, if like, that's still up anywhere, can someone find when I got in a fight on left flank with some dude? What's that asshole's name? Some asshole Marcus had on the show talking about black people only eat butter pecan ice cream. Oh, Jesus Christ. I actually Who's remember that. that. <laughs> <laughs> find that show. Mark, he called me up and reminded me of that shit the other day. Find that oh. show. That was like the fuck. Pascal and I were joking about that the other day. I'm, look, oh, I'm excited man. for what we got coming up. I'm putting up all the shows. Mac and I will definitely be back because we didn't get a chance to talk NBA. I didn't tell you this because this was going to be a surprise. Uh, if you're familiar with the rap group Living Legends, one of my came up with those guys in the Bay Area. They're a little older. And I reached out to one of them talking basketball. And I was like, dude, we should come on the show. We should talk basketball. And he was going to come on tonight, but it's Man, yeah, things happen. I get it, but I'm here. Let's yeah, talk get, some get sports. Well, get well, Thomas exactly. Let's talk some sports. Let's talk some some leftism. And let's some... just talk being good people. God damn it. Let's be good people. Motherfuckers. Yeah, we're blessed with a very good the TIR community. It is not the largest, but it is growing and it is filled with good people. I get people that message me some insane shit, which I also am a fan of. And uh, we I, we did stick on topic today with talking about fighting. That was the thumbnail. We did. Talk we did. About the thing we is, Toussaint. I want everybody to give Jason and I credit. Toussaint was not here to no. guide us. No. And we did it. We did it. You know what, Jason? We deserve like a nice greasy cup pumpkin. That's what we deserve right now. <laughs> I'm very sad, so it's not it's not the same kind of holiday here that it is back in the states. So I'm not going to see those massive candy sales. Today's a big day as well. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'll get your address. I'll send you some shit. I would appreciate. It. it might be kind of like it won't be Afghanistan like shit getting sent to me in Afghanistan bad, but it might be a little soft, but still <laughs> edible. Can't beat that. <laughs> I would, I would love, I would love uh, a box of candy because candy is different. Well, your boy just got his disability, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, El Dia de los Muertos, so that that is going on today. I'm totally afraid to stick my head outside. Most of the people here are expats. If they're home, everybody is taking off. But thank you, Mac, for hanging out. Thank you, everybody, for watching us. Uh, are we going well, to be for, back next th- Wednesday? Thank you for having me, Jason. Oh, What's no, that? next. Yeah, you're going to be back next Wednesday? I got to check my schedule, okay. man. I, Dude, 
I kid you not, we'll make this quick. Do we had three people quit because Papa John's policy is everybody works Halloween. They quit to go to a Halloween. <laughs> That's some favorite shit. Mm-hmm. So my manager goes, my manager goes, hey, Mac, um, I'm cutting you down to one day off a week. And you're probably going to pull a few doubles. And I was like, well, my kids have barely asked for shit their entire life. And then this year, my daughter had a switch light, which has light memory. Like, it's not that great. It's not one of those ones you can plug into the TV. She goes, Dad, I need a new switch. Mm. I can't run Fortnite mm. anymore. And I'm like, fuck. So I got her one of the new OLED ones. I paid for it with my tip money. Got it. And I figured, I'm a, I'm in the clear, Jason. I'm in the clear. Guess what Kale asked me for? PS5. And I was like, I was like, God damn it. And he asked me for it because my roommate has a son who just shit the bed in school, getting in trouble. Sold me his son's PS4 for like 20 bucks. And I had the Spider-Man game. So my son played that shit in like a week. And was like, Dad, Spider-Man 2 is on a PS5. Apparently Spider-Man 2 is amazing. Oh, yeah, I know. Have you seen Spider-Man 2 for Timu? Have you seen it? No. You really haven't? I posted it on Twitter. Okay, I'll take it out. So, my son drops this shit on me, Jason, and I got I got the five, 580 with tax oh, my God. to get the PS5 Spider-Man 2 bundle, right? And my ex goes, well, what else are we getting for the Christmas? And I said, nothing. This is $1,000 of my fucking money. They don't need anything else. <laughs> you know, like, my son used to be like the Lego kid. Give me two sets. I'm good to go. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, we, we, we paid for this. We're good. And she's like, but you covered it. I'm like, you don't have to pay anything. It's fine. We're good. So my son... My son goes, Dad, I want to get uh, Final Fantasy Seven for PS4. And I said, absolutely not. Not going to happen. Never. And he goes, Dad, but I have the money for my allowance. And I said, uh-uh. You're 10 bucks short, so the dad and mom credit's over. Your mom and I both worked very hard for your Christmas gifts. And this is it. What moratorium on, on stuff until after Christmas and he goes, would it be nice? <laughs> and I said, you're not big enough to call me an asshole. And he goes, ah, give it a shot. Oh, my God. All, that was the end of the conversation. And that's when you punched him in the and head. Luca, he, Luca he's, not, he's not ungrateful. He's just, he's a 12-year-old kid that just wants so stuff. So this is. The- oh, my God. <laughs> This is the PS5 Timu Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man is going full stallion. You know what? Jason, not even mad. Not even mad, man. Rated M for mature. That's right. He's got that uh, 
Jason, he's, Spidey, Spidey's got that walk. Right he's got that walk. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. When I saw this, I fell out. I fell out so hard. Virtuoso has got to be 23 enough to play. Yeah, you got to be 23, Virtuoso. <laughs> yeah. Because Spidey's going to do some weird shit. He's dancing for shots. <laughs> there's for those listening on the audio podcast so there's a spider-man game and this is obviously a bootleg and it's spider-man but he's posing kind of like a stripper this is this is megan the stallion from the wap video just like when she dropped it and she went knees out <laughs> On the balls of her feet. <laughs> this is what Spidey's what doing right Spider-Man now. Spider-Man's doing. And, okay. and, and, it's, and, it, and it says PS5, and you know that there's some older parents and grandparents and uncles <laughs> and last-minute shoppers, people like me who don't play oh, video yeah. games anymore, that are like, oh, didn't you say your nephew wanted the Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah. And it, the great thing, Jason, they're going to rip this open on Christmas. <laughs> And see Spidey going full like <laughs> just full. Can you? This is why I and can't the thing is, for for anybody. And Jason, this is why Nana and like Pops won't know what's going on. But like the sister that's like nineteen, she's like, <laughs> what the fuck? I saw Nana. I saw- Nana. I don't think that's the right ge- Nana. I, yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah, this I, I don't is, think that's uh, the right this one. Is, this is this is a Spider-Man. That is worth the price of admission, right there. I might actually buy that. Just the, just the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the case cover, and then slide it in and give it to, <laughs> and watch my ex-wife's head explode. Wait. I just want it's not even the game. It's just a DVD of the movie Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. <laughs> no, even worse, it's the Andrew Garfield. <laughs> it's the made-for-TV movie one from 1979. <laughs> and that's, that's what the kid gets. They're like, ah. <laughs> The thing is, my son would be like, thanks, Dad, you got me something, and then watch it and be like, you're just, <laughs> this is the worst Spider-Man movie game ever. Why is mine not like my friends? Thought, Shut up! This is a boring. I thought game. you loved me, Dad. <laughs> but there's no better like background music than disco. Enjoy that shit and shut up. Okay. That is the greatest. <laughs> I I hope there's enough insane people here that are that are parents as well that watch this show. Get that for your kid. Get oh, that for your kid it's, for Christmas. Especially if you're divorced oh. and your wife is a born again oh. Christian. Do that. Oh, oh yeah. if you're real. <laughs> if you're real. That's what I want. I want to see a bunch of people taking pictures of their kids opening that fucking or videos. And then dropping the same pose. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That, Jason, we're going to get... That's what I need to see. We're going 
we're gonna get canceled again. <laughs> I thought it was so bad to Ray didn't come on the show last. Uh, we were in the champagne room, so he's like, ah, I'm gonna sit this one out. And uh, and Catherine got scared, and Ben came on the champagne room with us, and then he shared it with his patrons. <laughs> I, I'm so scared to see the emails that Ben got from last. You know what? I've only gotten a few like weird DMs from people <laughs> like after the last one we did. Um, and I knew they were patrons because they talked about our uh, Martin Luther King, the drawing. I'm I'm actually doing. Oh, the the Paul Chaser MLK. <laughs> this dude pops up in my DMs and goes, "Why, man? I get it. Dr. King cheated, but he would never." with a white woman <laughs> and i was like dude it was funny <laughs> like i we we're, we're gonna do a thing i just have to i'm gonna do it maybe tonight but definitely tomorrow we're gonna have a comment of the day and the comment of the day will get a, a clapping thing on the thing <sighs> but it's gonna be the butt cheeks from the white woman yes. <laughs> said that her butt cheeks sound like a 50 cat <laughs> So it's gonna be that's gonna be the sound. Comment of the day goes, and we're gonna read it, and we're gonna do the sound. And then when we have guests uh, that uh, we want to fuck with, that'll be their applause. I tell you what, though, you need to do it at the speed of a fifty. <laughs> so like, like kind of speed it up so it sounds. Oh. <laughs> 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 And everybody, we wonder why I can't get a better job right oh, now dude. because I do shit like. <laughs> like it was, it was so. If you are a patron of this show, and you watched the show last night, you know why Ben was like. But now he laughed his ass off. Bro, you have to because that shit was funny when you threw that at me. I didn't know when you were like, "Yo, picture." <laughs> The other stuff we right. showed, I can't show on the main show. It was too much. Jason, in my head, I was already formulating the drawing. I was already, like, in my head, I saw Dr. <laughs> King in a suit looking over his right shoulder, his his right hands tucked in his suit jacket, and there's a woman, a white woman, twerking next to him, and his hand is on her lower <laughs> back. Just cheeks clapping. And I was like, I'm gonna draw this, and I know this will be the end of any public. You, you know, <laughs> I never know what's gonna be the thing that makes people go, yeah, we can't fuck with you anymore. <laughs> and uh, and we just keep trying to put like last night. Oh, I asked the most ridiculous questions of Teray Reed, Catherine Booty, and Ben Davis. I literally asked them who their favorite black vampire. Was. With a serious face. Obviously, it's Eddie Murphy. No one said that. Vampire in Brooklyn. Hello. If you would have saw there, because I did it, I tried to set it up like I was all serious. And uh, if you just would have saw Terrence. <laughs> oh my God. Andrew, I dabble. I dabble in art. That's what I do. Andrew Most is of an my Andrew's art... artist. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to announce this tomorrow. I'm going to have the, the picture up. But Andrew actually did the poster for the Kitty Baby. Uh, and it's Dude. a it's a fucking rad ass poster, and I'm gonna do a whole update 
for the donors of the K-State movie to let you guys know where we are with that. Um, That's so fucking rad, man. So, God. They actually, Andrew and I had a really kind of sad discussion today via text about where kind of art that he does is going as stock photos become a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andrew's a little younger. Good, good dude. Good dude. Um, I I mean <clears throat> let's face it I I haven't met anybody really bad from this this community um, and I'm thankful for that because after doing Leavenworth and having people like showing up to my house starting to shoot me it's nice when people are like hey Mac I really like the show this week you know it's just like oh, thank you I hope people tell you that. They do. They just like I'll get like random like Twitter DMs. They're like, "Hey man, I got a different name on YouTube, but thanks, man. That was really cool." You know, and I'm like, "Oh, no, thank you." I do. You know? Hey, it's really cool. People say nice shit. I dig it. I, I'm I'm looking forward to November 18th, hanging out with a bunch of people that I've never seen before in a very cozy situation. Bro, you need to get a show in Charlotte. You need to do a show with Charlotte so I can show up and everyone can be like, who invited the white dude? And you can be like, I did that. I'm, I'm doing I a show that. everywhere. I've, I'm talking about doing a show in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the book. Um, we definitely talked about doing a show in New York because that's where our booking agent is in the book. Dude, I, I, dude when, you were, when you were up here last time, I wanted to get out here so bad. And I had like flight vouchers because uh, long story short, I met a girl. It happens that way. She's from Alaska. I bought the ticket. She turned out to be a twat. So I was like, <laughs> I had to cancel my flight. And Delta's like, bro, these vouchers are good for five years. And I'm like, bet. And then I looked at like hotels and shit. I'm like, ooh, can't get up there, you know. But hey, guys, I love you. I actually have a date, and she's actually at the. Oh shit! Okay. Doing. And on that note, hold on. Let's <laughs> say, say, say no more. Mac, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you I love all you guys. Every one of you. I love you. Say nice things. Subscribe. Or I will show up at your home. And we'll leave it at that. He's just going to watch football with you. <laughs> I probably will. Thank you, guys. Say nice things to Mac on the internet. <laughs> We're out. See you guys tomorrow night.